Uh, Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're here to see the life of heroes. To see what our... uh, See what our characters have been up to for the last couple of months. For us, it's been the holiday period, but for our characters, it's been three months since they slaughtered Asarak, destroyed the Soulmonger, and freed Cholt and the rest of the Forgotten Realms of the Death Curse. And what an eventful three months those have been. So, when you returned to Port Nianzaru, you arrived as heroes, instantly hailed as the saviors of Cholt. What followed was a ten-day of constant feasting, partying, parades, and celebrating in the street. Events all held in honour of the heroes who stopped Asarak, who put an end to the death curse. Perhaps most principal among them, Sir Lucian, the honourable knight who struck the final blow against Asarak, whose name instantly went down in history as the man who would not kneel before the death curse who personally turned Asarak to heal and it forced his will over one of the most terrible evils in the multiverse. Not everything was happy. Upon arriving back in Port Nianzaru, you did discover that Sindra Sylvain, the old Harper woman who originally contacted you back in Waterdeep and tasked you with putting an end to the Death Curse, had succumbed to her affliction and perished. Not more than ten days after you left Port Nianzaru at the beginning of your journey. Attempts were made to resurrect her, but satisfied that the heroes that she had, the heroes of Waterdeep, that she had tasked with this grand journey, had succeeded, she decided to remain in the afterlife, resting happy in the knowledge that she had made the right choice she had found the right people who would become the heroes of Cholt. The Emerald Enclave responded to this triumph by declaring Ava, Bobbit, Bulbisaur, and Zinhorn honoured members of the newly established Cholton chapter of the Enclave, with Zinhorn and Bulbisaur newly resurrected through a lovingly donated reincarnate spell as Archdruids of the Circle, one specialising in flora, the other in fauna. 
We rolled for Bulbisaur's reincarnation and discovered that he returned as a Furbolg. And so, a large portion of the last three months has been the rest of the party adjusting to Bulg's new form. The short, statured, timid, natured owl folk is now an almost seven feet almost eight foot tall giant kin with a body built for the wilderness. Hard, leathery skin weathered by the elements. A form more suited to long periods of time spent in the jungles of Cholt. Pale, leathery face flanked with wild, dishevelled hair and a long blue beard. But he is still bowled by sore, and under this weathered facade you can still see the eyes of kindness. Every time he sees you, he smiles, and you see that old, kind look of bowled by sore radiating through this rough exterior. So, the last three months, you've been living it up as heroes. Sir Lucian has spent all of this time in Port Nianzaru partying 24-7. Guest of honour at the dinosaur races, where an event is held in his honour every day, lazing around in a special private, uh, Special private box seating provided just for him lying down on his silk lounge like a Greek Adonis <laughs> as locals of Port Nianzaru line up to pay him their respects, to stand beside him and fan him and feed him grapes. And that's just during the day. The nights <laughs> are marked with almost ceaseless drinking, a non-stop pub crawl from tavern to tavern across Port Nianzaru, all of them willing to fling open their doors to welcome the great hero Lucian and his throngs of admirers every night, giving him everything he wishes to eat or drink free of charge, knowing that in the days to come, many others will pay so much more to spend their time at the tavern that Sir Lucian drank at. And so, Sir Lucian, during this time, you have gained a reputation as the hero of Cholt, as a true celebrity. That ego that you've had ever since the party met you, finally, finally it has a reason to exist. For you've made the accomplishment, perhaps, of your life. You've conquered the death curse. And with that, you can party on, proud. So we will get to the downtime actions for everybody. First of all, we shall get to Bowl by Saw, newly resurrected Archdruid of the Port Nianzaru chapter of the Emerald Enclave, the Archdruid of Plants. 
How have you spent the last three months? You may have three downtime actions, one for each month. Well, uh, after briefly greeting everybody after being brought back, I immediately went to the center of the newly founded Druid Grove in the city, planted my scimitar handle, which was part of my staff, put the staff pieces in the ground with it, and spent a full month trying to grow a staff of the woodlands. Very well. If you will allow me to. I will allow you to do that. I will And um, it's a month full with no breaks because one of my new abilities is I can put roots into the ground to give me nourishment. Yes. And while Man. you do this, um, while you do this, you do hear of Onyx Flameheart, the brave kobold who joins the party in your stead, who, despite having never met you in person, despite having only seen you in passing when you liberated the Flameheart Mines, fought alongside the party, fought for your soul and perished in the fight against Asarath. While you grow this staff, how do you address the brave sacrifice of Onyx? Um, I haven't thought about this much, actually. <laughs> um, I will plant a special tree with a plaque that is naturally grown into the tree, um, commemorating Onyx, but also mentioning all the others who perished as well perished due to this curse so this but really the only name on there is onyx but the others are mentioned yeah yes so this huge tree it grows within mere days perhaps either due to your caring guidance or perhaps just the cause which it represents it grows within a span of mere days and soon this huge tree takes up the very center of the enclave's garden a centerpiece that dwarfs all of the plants around it a fitting tribute to onyx and the others who perished so your staff of the woodlands this is a rare item in order to craft this I will require you to please spend 2,500 GP for the necessary components. Yep, okay, so that brings me down to 14.221. Finally, you may roll either Arcana or Nature. And you are aiming for, as this is a rare item, at least a 17. Okay, I've got a plus 6. Come on. I've got a plus 6 in both. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, that's 16 plus 6. That's 22. 22. 
So you spend the first month in contemplation, using your will, using your power as the arch druid to will these pieces of your staff to take on a new form. And at the end of the month, your work is completed. Out of the soil grows a staff of the woodlands. This is a rare item, requires attunement by a druid. This staff can be wielded as a magic border staff that grants a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. While holding it, you have a plus two bonus to spell attack rolls. Staff has 10 charges, regains 1d6 plus 4 expended charges daily at dawn. To expend the last charge, roll a d20. On a 1, staff loses its properties, becomes a non-magical border staff. You can use an action to expend one or more of the staff's charges to cast one of the following spells. Animal Friendship, Awaken, Bark Skin, Locate Animals or Plants, Speak with Animals, Speak with Plants, or wall of thorns. You can also use an action to plant one end of the staff in fertile earth and expend one charge to transform the staff into a healthy tree. The tree appears ordinary but radiates a faint aura of transmutation magic. While touching the tree and using another action to speak its command word, you return the staff to its normal form. And that is your first month. Oh. Awesome. What else does Bulb do during this time of rest um, and recuperation? I wanted to confirm if I drop materials off to like a blacksmith to make just a simple um, half plate armor, was that a full month's worth of downtime? That is not, because you're not okay. doing it yourself. Yeah. So I wanted to drop off the eight goblin masks that we got from that one dungeon and I would like to hire someone to make it into a half plate for me very well there are many blacksmiths in Port Nianzaru and many of them are eager to serve the newly established Emerald Enclave particularly the Arch Druid himself one of the heroes who fought to save the city from the death curse. And you have your pick of blacksmiths. And so, you actually recruit several blacksmiths to accomplish this work together. And what would have been a month of work for them is accomplished in merely a 10 day. And eventually, you return after a 10 day has passed and finds that the blacksmiths have fashioned the wooden goblin masks into half plate armor made out of wood so that a druid may use it. They have reinforced the wood with magical properties so that this wood is as tough and versatile as steel. This wooden half-plate armor is no weaker than a normal, a normal non-wooden counterpart, and so this will cost you seven hundred and fifty GP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I need a calculator. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, so gonna load. Yep. So 
Fourteen, two, two, one. Take away seven fifty. Thirteen, four, seven. Yep, I pay it. And so this is uh, this half plate is actually not a normal half plate. As you put it on, you notice that in addition to the goblin masks, which would not have provided enough uh, enough mass for the half plate to be useful on their own, this armor has been reinforced with dark. And so, it has been reinforced with an underlying uh, sheet of elven weave, meaning it no longer imposes disadvantage to stealth checks, or it grants plus one to dexterity saves. Which bonus will you choose? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'll go with the dexterity. Very well. Plus one to dexterity saves your Darkwood half plate. So Darkwood half plate. As for the second month, after you retrieve the Darkwood half plate from the blacksmiths who dedicate this work to you and tell you that they feel honoured to serve the Emerald Enclave, how would you like to spend the month? Okay, the second month, I would like to try and source an animated shield. Very well, very well. That will be the buying a magic item. Yes. Let's see. I'll just get that up. Okay. So. Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. That's Okay. So. You spend the rest of this month attempting to find a seller in Port Nianzaru who can sell you an animated shield. Port Nianzaru as the only major port of Cholt is full of merchants from across the Forgotten Realms. From as far as Waterdeep and Neverwinter, all of them meeting here in exotic Port Nianzaru to ply their wares. It is a city that has a reputation for being able to... Be, for A city that has a reputation for being able to source anything that anyone could ever want. So you're confident you'll be able to find what you're looking for. So I would like you to please make a persuasion or investigation check to try and find a seller who is selling the correct item. Okay, that's going to be an investigation because I have a plus two because persuasion is negative one. Yes. Uh, that's a 13. 13, very well. So you are looking for a very rare item. Yep. Okay, so, uh, unfortunately, the DC to require a very rare item was 20. So, oh, shit. Unless uh, can... you are willing to spend your inspiration, you'll have to settle for an uncommon or lesser item. Yeah, I'm gonna spend. Since Inhorn's going for the same item, could he accompany and 
Ah, uh, yes, very well. So yes, uh, Zinhorn may assist. So whoever has the highest investigation among you may roll an advantage. Well, my investigation is plus zero. Okay, so am I using my inspiration uh, to do this so, reroll? Um, yes. So go ahead. Yes. Okay. Yep. And you may so, roll and with advantage with Zinhorn assisting. Come on. Uh, that was a 19 plus 2. 21. Uh, yes, lovely. So, it takes almost the entire month, but on the very last day of the month, you eventually locate a merchant of rare magical sundries and trinkets, and you actually catch them on the last day they're in Port Neanderu. You find them in the docks district, uh, loading their unsold wares uh, onto a cargo ship ready to return to uh, Waterdeep and just by chance you notice the tip of an animated shield sitting in one of the crates gleaming in the tropical sunlight as it's being loaded onto the ship and you run down the length of the pier calling out hey Hey! With Zinhorn running beside you. And the man, an old gnome, looks over at you and he strokes his beard and his eyes twinkle at you both through moon-rimmed glasses. And he just says, mm, as you both explain that you're after the animated shield. He smiles and he says, Oh, lucky then you are, for I have two of them. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> and he will offer the animated shields to you for 14,000 GP each. Oh! Um, I have one, two, I have two flame iron scimitars. Could I... And a masterwork lever armor and a masterwork bow. Would yep. I be able to use those to mitigate some of my payment uh, and possibly Zinhorn's? You or Zinhorn may please make a charisma check, persuasion. Uh, Zinhorn, I don't care what your bonuses are. You are need needing to take that one. <laughs> yep. And Zinhorn, if you have any items that you'd like to throw in, you can throw them into the deal as well. Well. No one was taking the flame tongue longsword, were they? No. Uh, no. No, so I've got that. So you'd like to offer the flame tongue, so go ahead, please make a charisma persuasion check. That is an 18. Okay, so including the flame tongue and the items that Bulb is willing to offer, you manage to haggle the gnome down and he knocks 6,000 GP off the price, offering Damn. the animated shields to you for 8,000 each. Yep, done, 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 done. <laughs> uh, what is 13 take away 8? That's 5. Ooh. So are you both able to afford this? I am. Is in on doesn't have a lot. <laughs> How much has Zinhorn got? And we didn't get any extras from, like, the tomb, did we? Or well, from that? no, but I did forget to mention 
that the merchant princes of Port Nianzaru, uh, when they were holding a feast in your honour when you, in those ten days when you first arrived back in Port Nianzaru, when the merchant princes themselves declared you the saviours of Cholt, they offered an official reward from the merchant princes, which concluded at 1,000 GP each. Oh, okay. Nice. Need that. That puts me at 6,000. 6,000? So, so you need another 2,000, do you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you 2,000. All right. Thank so Volb and Zinhorn have both acquired an animated shield. Animated shield. They are plus two, aren't they? Ah, mm. let me see. Yes, it's plus two. Yeah. So animated two. shield. It's a very rare item, requires attunement, grants plus two to a your AC. While holding this shield, you can speak its command word as a bonus action to cause it to animate. The shield leaps into the air and hovers in your space to protect you as if you were wielding it. Remains animated for one minute until you use a bonus action to end the effect or until you are incapacitated or die, at which point the shield falls to the ground in front of you. And the command words for your animated shields are Bulb, for your animated shield, the command word is Vomit. <coughs> and for Zinhorn, your command word is Auto Defense Straight. That is awesome, and I feel so much better after months of dealing with Angus yelling at Yip Yip to get his to fucking work. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> I love the animated shield. And as the gnome extracts the shields from the crate, you can't help but notice that the other so-called magic items in the crate along with it appear to be nothing more than uh, barrel... Uh, Small barrels of alchemist's fire, bags of black powder, and oh. loose cherry bombs just rolling around the bottom of the crate. <laughs> oh god, that shit should oh, be loose. An explosive expert. Okay. Wow, so the price of that. That is your second month, and also Zinhorn's second month. So how do you handle the third month, uh, Bold? I was going to look for a belt of any type of giant strength, but I do not think I can afford that now. <laughs> well, you might be able to get one through other means. Perhaps only the uncommon variant. Um. Shit. Uh, shit, 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 um. <sighs> Sure. I will quickly look for that. Okay. I think the uncommon one's the hill giant, isn't it? It is. Um, Which is still better than my strength at the moment, so that works. Okay, yeah. so, I would like you, Bob, to please make a charisma persuade check or an <laughs> investigate check. Investigation? And as you are searching for an uncommon item, the DC is 15. Yeah, no, I've got a 6. 6? So... I'll waste a month, but that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, it appears the animated shields were the hot ticket items of these three months, as although there are many other magic items 
shops and merchants hawking strange trinkets in Port Nianzaru, you are not able to find any who are selling belts of giant strength, or even the uncommon variant, the gauntlets of ogre power. Excellent. And so unfortunately, oh. this final month, you are unable to source the item you need. Ah, uh, well, can't win them all. That is I've got I've got the two things that I really wanted, so I'm happy. That is Bulb's <laughs> downtime completed. Yep. And with that, I will see you guys when I get back. Very Have well. fun. So next, we will go to Zinhorn's downtime. So Zinhorn, we already know how you spent your second month, but how did you spend your first month of downtime? Um, so going along with the uh, bold making the shrine, um, wanted to adapt part of it to being for the gods that assisted us through the tomb. Yep. Um, just sort of like just setting it up for them as a remembrance for all that they did. Yep. So you decide to. Uh, so you decide to create a shrine to the nine Omuid gods who assisted you in the tomb of the nine gods. And so as Bulb sets up his garden with the huge oak tree in the center commemorating Onyx and the others who passed during the death curse, you set up a shrine to the Omuin Nine. Nine specially carved statues that form a circle around this oak tree. One to each of the Omuin gods. I would like you to please make a religion check to ensure that you have the correct gods in the correct places. Okay. The DC will be 18 for this. Alright, 18. Let's see if my plus zero helps. And also, I've just uploaded Ooh. Lucian so everyone can actually look at him. <laughs> Lovely. And so, you spend the month in careful study of the Omuin myths, pouring through the scripture to ensure that you honour each of the gods in the correct way. And so, you set up the statues of all nine gods around the oak tree. I, Jin, the Almiraj, Kabuzan, the Frokhemoth, Moa, the Jakuli, Nang Nang, the Grunk, Oberlaka, the Zorbo, Papa Zoddle, the Eblis, Shigambi, the Kamadan, Unk, the Flail Snail, and Wongo, the Sioux Monster, each of them equally spaced around the oak tree, facing it, gazing upon it, as if their gaze is honouring the spirits of those who perished during the death curse. The nine trickster gods, wherever they are, from whatever afterlife they currently reside, feel honoured by your offering. And they smile upon you. And so, you may select any of the gifts granted by these gods, you may select any one gift, and you may activate this gift 
three times. And it will last until you have your next long rest. Ooh, damn. Um, okay, that'll, I'll have to have a look. What they are. Uh, I think we have a handful of them. That was the 23 to strength, 23 to dex. Um, turn invisible at will. Um, walk up walls, walls and roof walls at will. Those are the ones I immediately remember. I'll just get up a list of them. Which I um, an extra attunement slot. Oh, I would. Oh, that one might. Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll just get them up so that I can. Um... Yeah. Okay. So, Ijin gives her host dexterity score of 23. Mm-hmm. Kabazan gives his host a strength score of 23. Moa allows his host to use an action to turn invisible. Nang Nang allows her host to move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along the ceilings. Obelaka allows her host to attune to one magical, one additional magical item. Papa Zoddle allows his host to gain advantage on all wisdom checks and to never be surprised. Shigambi allows her host to make one extra attack taking the attack action on their turn. Unk allows her host to have a constitution score of 23, and Wongo allows his host to use an action to unleash a psionic assault on a creature within 16, 60 feet, who must then succeed on a wisdom save or be stunned. So, if I was to take the one that gave the extra action, would that extra count attack? in... Oh yeah, extra attack. Would that count in... Four. It does, because it's still taking an attack action. Mm. So, so you choose Shigambi, the wise and virtuous god, to grant you her gifts. And as you accept them, you hear her voice in your head. I never show mercy to evildoers. And so, three times, you may activate the gift to make an extra attack, but take the attack action... This will last to your next long rest. Use it so well. I, so if I <laughs> activate it, all of my attacks in until my next long uh, rest. Long yep, counted. You get an okay. extra attack. You get to attack twice. Okay, cool. Just want to confirm for And that includes right. if you multi-attack while in a wild shape. Those you multi-attack, and then you get an extra attack after that. So Ooh. yeah, the attack and then. And then you attack again. It's another multi attack again, yes. Damn. I'm glad I'm getting all this clarified. Yeah, make sure. So that was your first month. And a month well spent as Arch Druid of the Circle. We know how you spend your second month as you have the animated shield and you've attuned Mm. to it. How do you spend your third month? Well, the third month was originally hoping. It was the Amulet of Health, but is there a way of sort of like doing favors? Yep, would you like to try and and get it? Yep, through some other means? Very well. So I would like you to please make either an investigate or a persuasion check to get a rare item. The DC is 18. Oh, dice be with me today. Can I use my inspiration? You can. 
18 lovely <laughs> oh my god so you do manage to find a merchant who has a single amulet of health in her inventory an adventurer who's just returned from the jungles of Cholt and in casual conversation with her it comes up that her party actually just braved the now inert tomb of the nine gods and that is where they found the amulet of health <laughs> and when she realizes who you are that you are Zinhorn Loro, and that you braved the tomb when all of the traps were active, when Asarak's will still governs there. She's extremely impressed. And so she decides to make a deal with you. She will allow you to have the Amulet of Health for free if the Emerald Enclave can assist her party by accompanying her on an, by accompanying them on an expedition into the jungles of Cholt and acting as a guide during that time, finding things that are safe to eat, guiding the party away from dangerous wildlife, and escorting them to the ruins of Mesro so that they may search for more treasure. Do you agree to assist personally? Yes. Okay. So I will require you to please pass the following two checks. And the DC for these will be 16 for each. First, a survival check. Okay. That is a... Uh, no. Sorry, brain not working. A 7 plus 9. Yep, so just got it. Yeah. yeah lucky I have a plus 9 in that one. Yep. <laughs> and next, a nature check. A DC nature is also check. 16. And that's a 19. So you spend the month escorting this adventurer and her party through the jungles of Cholt to the city of Mesro, guiding them across land, making sure they hunt only where it is safe, that they pay their respects to Uptow's dinosaurs that roam in the jungle, that they feed only upon non-poisonous fruits, and that they do not fall afoul to quicksand or other natural hazards that exist within the jungle. And they reach their destination safely. And as agreed upon, you are granted the Amulet of Health for free. And so, that is Zinhorn's downtime completed. We now move to Bobbit. <laughs> Bobbit, uh, uh... you've told me that you didn't stay in Port Neanzaru and that after the ten days of partying you begged or begged or more likely cajoled threatened and pestered your way to getting bulb to cast Ooh, travel not, not bulb no bobbit 
for some obvious reasons given what happened down there, more or less grabbed the guys that resurrected him and went and asked to be returned to Waterdeep. So you... She's not ready to talk to Bulb at the moment after everything that happened. That's fair. So you begged, threatened, and cajoled the Emerald Enclave into casting transport <laughs> via plants, instantaneously returning you to Waterdeep as soon as the coronation of Bulb and Zinhorn as Archdruids is complete. And so you will be spending your next three months in Waterdeep, and it's been a long time since you were in Waterdeep. You arrive mm -hmm. in the midst of the Waterdavian autumn, where the mists of spring have faded away, the humidity of summer has dissipated, and the cobblestone streets are paved with golden leaves. Thick winds buffet the people of Waterdeep, and most of them spend the daylight hours indoors, escaping from escaping from the falling temperatures and preparing for the coming winter. How do you spend your first month, Robert? The first month will, in well, for Bobbit, not Alessandra, would be basically wandering the city, catching up with all the fun people she made friends with in her previous adventures, sort of like uh, you know her lovely dragonborn friend at the uh, who owns the bookstore, yep. her lovely um I can never remember her name, the redhead that owns the general store, who I'm sure I have Amelia because broker. That's the one because I have quite a lot of things to sell. I know I'm at a limit on how many I can sell at once, but I have a lot of things just sitting there that are just worth only for selling. And yep. we'll randomly turn up on Ornax's doorstep just to bug him, show him Keeper. <laughs> so she, always, she said at one point she was going to do that. It's like, well, back here now. Can't really do anything else. So mm. what are you looking to sell? And then I'll describe all right let's have a look see at the actual list because we have a number of things here let's see we have dum -de -dum -de -dum -de -dum -de -dum. Uh, we have a gold cockroach box it's meant to be valued at about a thousand we have yep. that little gold something that's valued about 500 uh two crystal beholder eyes um six moonstones I know plus the navel of the moon. I, I, oh yeah, yeah, five plus one tridents. I know the navel of the moon is meant to be worth a little bit, but depending on what I sell, I might just keep that just as yep. a necklace, just for just in case for yeah. five. And, and more, more or less just as a token thing of yes, this thing was legitimately worthless, but so it still has some sentimental. So what you're going to do is you decide that you'd rather you'd rather not spend the next three months just selling all of your selling all of your treasure so you decide to compile all of these things you wish to sell in a single lot and you're going to approach one of Waterdeep's prestigious auction houses to auction all of these items off in a single lot to the highest bidder so I would like you to either make a charisma persuade or an investigate check the DC for all of these items together will be 20. So you said persuade was an option, yes? Yes. Well, sure as shit be taking that. And that's a 16 plus 9, so that's going to be 25. 
25. Lovely. So, you spend the month, well, first of all, you arrive with the druids in the grounds of Falconmere Estate in the Southern Ward. You thank Melanor Felbranch, the Archdruid, for transporting you back to Water Deep, and, which basically just amounts to you saying, thank you, and then bye running bye. bye, and then running off into Water Deep. You pay visits to all of your old friends, Rashal, the Golden Dragonborn, and the Bookworm's Treasure, who you seem surprised at you seem surprised, because when he sees you, despite the fact that you're no longer a little girl, now a grown woman, uh, in disguise as a human, I believe, using your mask. Yes, yes, yeah. Just, yeah, keeping that one under wraps for obvious reasons. He doesn't seem surprised to see you this way. Uh, hmm. And as you spend the next few days recounting your adventures in Cholt, he merely strokes his beard and smiles and says, I was not always as old as the dragonborn you see standing before you, young Alessander. And he finds your story so endearing that he shuffles over to his bookcase and begins to sort through the scrolls and books on display there. And he says, actually... I've got something... I've got something in my possession while you were gone, and I immediately thought of you and decided to put it away for you. Well, I feel hmm? now's no, there's no better time than now to uh, present you this gift. And he hands oh? you a spell scroll for a sixth level spell of your choice. Oh! Okay! Oh, Bob, it's going to give him such a big hug because, wow, I was not expecting that. I was going to see if I could do business with him at some other point, but damn. Rishal, big hugs for old man. <laughs> you hug Rashal and he embraces you in his thick dragonborn arms. And you feel the warmth inside his body. And he just smiles, obviously happy to see the joy in your eyes as you clutch the scroll that he says, run along now, young Alessander. <laughs> go, go, enjoy your free time. And you thank him. Oh. And the next stop is the pawnbroker in Troll Skull Alley, run by Amelia, red-haired woman. As you enter and wave at her and shout, Hello, Amelia! <laughs> she looks at you and there's a puzzled look on her face as she doesn't seem to recognise <laughs> you at first. And she scratches her head and squints her eyes as she peers at you and then she seems to recognise <laughs> the familiar features. And then she says, No. <laughs> she says, No, but Alessandra's a little girl and she apologizes, shakes her head and says, I apologize for the rudeness. It's just, you remind me of someone I used to know. A rather sweet young girl with a shrewd business sense. <laughs> yeah, so see so, so like look down at herself and go, Oh, right. Um, hmm. Nope, still, still bothered here. Um, lot happened. Lots of magical stuff. Um, kind of a full grown adult now. <laughs> you know, grow up really quick. <laughs> Uh, awkward. How's it been? 
She just shrugs, she gestures around, and you see that most of the shelves in the pawnbroker store are empty. There's a thin layer of dust covering them. She sighs and she says, well, I'm afraid with you and your companions gone, I haven't had a lot in the way of trinkets to sell. And, well, come winter, I'm going to be shuttering the doors for good. She smiles and says, but don't you worry, I have more than enough to retire on and I shall be spending the next decade or two living quite comfortably. She says, Aww. however, young Alessander, you're not a little girl anymore, and, well, that means that perhaps after I shut the doors, perhaps you would like to take over. I can sign over the lease of the premises to you, and, well, I'm sure while you were away in Cholt that you acquired quite a few things that would look good on the shelves here would certainly draw the eyes of more than a few customers and collectors. What do you say? I've always been looking for a successor. I'd, have, I'd resign myself to shutting down for good, but it would warm my heart to know that the business I built with my own two hands would continue on under the guidance of another. Just more hugs. All the hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so you hug Amelia, oh. and she smiles, and she says, Very well, shall make a date. Next week, you and I, down at the Hall of Magistrates, will complete the paperwork, and come winter, this shop and everything within it shall be yours. Damn. I'm gonna up in the world. Your <laughs> final stop is the tavern. Trollskull Manor, as the locals have taken to calling it, insisting on referring to it by its old name, despite all of the various names that both your party and, in your absence, Bolo and Mickey McGrood have tried to coin for it. Amongst yeah. them, the cut coin purse. The greasy bowl, the mu <laughs> the mushrooms macabre distillery. Yeah, it's just like a pile of signs just left discarded yeah. in the alleyway or something. And simply Volo's favoured drinking hall. But no, these signs are all just discarded in the alleyway beside the tavern, gathering dust as a new sign hangs above the door, simply reading. Troll Skull Manor, as the as Volo and Mickey McGrood, who've been running the business in your absence, have resigned themselves to their fate. The locals <laughs> will never know it under a different name. But in your absence, it has become the crown jewel of Waterdeep's North Ward, especially as soon as news reaches Waterdeep of the end of the Death Curse, and that. The heroes, Ooh, and that the heroes who destroyed the Death Curse and the Arch Lich behind it just so happen to be the proprietors of Trollskull Alley. And even though it's in, even though Waterdeep is currently shivering in the midst of 
autumn as the cold winds buffet the city. Troll Skull Manor is doing fantastic business and every time you visit it you find it packed to the brim with customers and patrons. And while you're there, the first time you walk in, the first thing you notice is Sir Lucian's former private booth off in the corner, roped off with a sign next to it reading Private Booth of Sir Lucian, Conqueror of the Death Curse. Drink or eat here for 5GP. And there is a line across the tavern floor of people yeah. ready to reserve a spot. Oh, no, I imagine that the, the second she sees the sun and everything else, her way of coming in and announcing that she's back is quite literally to just walk, make a beeline straight for the booth, hop, like physically jump over the rope, then put her feet up and go, hmm. Yeah. Seems, I remembers it being bigger, but oh well. <laughs> and you just take five gold coins out of your purse. I'm not even, no, not even paying for it, just sitting there waiting for someone to notice that she's sitting there. Hey, she cut <laughs> line, someone calls out, and all of the Bob's patrons going. begin murmuring. <laughs> they, start, they start yelling, and Bob just sort of leads over and goes, Name's on the lease. <laughs> One of the servers, a thin man in a grey cloak with a hood over his face approaches and as he approaches you, you see metal glistening under his hood and you realise that this man is none other than Nimrod the Nimblewright he approaches and in an exasperated voice he begins to say I'm sorry ma'am, reservations oh Bobbit? is that you? Oh, this is going to be having a lot for a while, isn't it? Um, hi! Went to chalk, magic things happened, fully adult now. But look at you, you got a job and are not trying to run for your life anymore. That's great! Wonderful! He... he... he nods his face, his mechanical mm-hmm. features trying their best to imitate a smile. And he turns around, waves his hand to the counter, and calls out, Hey! Mickey Solo Bobbitt's returned! And the door behind the counter <laughs> opens, and out come Mickey McGrude and Volo. Uh, Volo's arms laden with a pile of loose leaf sheets of paper, and Mickey McGrude's arms laden with inkwells and quills as they come over to you, dump their stuff on the table, sit down, and immediately exchange pleasantries. Mickey McGrude. Rude pulls out his guitar and he begins playing an ode to your return, tipping his hat and saying, Please, please, I'm sure you have many tales to tell and I'd be happy to turn them into song. And then Volo raises a hand and says, No, 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 Mickey. I'm sure I I would like to monopolize Bobbit's time here, for you see, I need inside information for my latest book gestures towards the pile of papers and then proudly with a flourish says Volo's Guide to the Death Curse as you can see I've already written it in fact I got started the very day you left it turns out uh, that uh, Volo's Guide to Spirits uh, was a wash (laughs) couldn't find any ghosts and nobody wanted to read about Nobody wanted to read about drinks. Turns out that's already a well-trodden genre of literature in this city. 
Second he starts saying couldn't find any ghosts, Bobbitt's eyes just sort of drift over to, I, I'm guessing the ghost bartender is still yeah. in You look over, you look over <laughs> just to casually, the- I just look over and go, uh-huh. You look over to the bar and then you just see a single tankard rise off the bar to carry itself into the kitchen. And Volo looks over and says, oh yes, Liff, uh, well let's just say Liff uh, was very insightful when providing information about the other kind of spirit, but didn't quite want to talk about his, uh, well, unliving persuasion. He says, so, I got started on a new book, Volo's Guide to the Death Curse, and I've completed it. I just need you to fill in the blanks, uh, here, 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 and here. And with this, you just hear Mickey McGrude sigh, shake his head. Bobbitt just goes, oh, we have... Don't really sleep anymore, so we do have time. Plus, Bobbitt isn't actually alone, so you can have someone help you out with that. And with that, switches to Alessandra, who's sort of like going, wait, don't just introduce... Okay, you've, you're introducing me like this. Hello. Volo just, and just... Looks, <laughs> Volo just looks and says, oh, oh, and who might this be? <sighs> Alessandra Rayburton, the actual Alessandra Rayburton. Um... Long, very painfully long story. Um, I'm actually the original host of this body, whereas Bobbitt sort of came to tag along through various ways that we just don't wish to discuss right now. But the long story short, we're kind of a two-for-one package at this point. <laughs> nice to meet you, though. Volo immediately stands up with a flourish, and he says, he looks over at Mickey McGrew, and he says, Oh, this is perfect! This is perfect for Volo's Guide to Curses! Come, Mickey, come! We must make a start on the foreword immediately! <laughs> Mickey just looks over at Alessander, shakes his head and says, Oh, bye, Timura. And then gets up and follows Volo out of the room. He, the Meanwhile, Alessander's just, the, sitting with, <laughs> Alessander's just sitting there with Bobbitt going, Did he reference to us as a curse? That's rude. <laughs> Juggling the inkwells in his arms as he follows Volo, he, as he follows the eager Volo out of the room. And so, you spend some time with your friends, and then, with Rachal and Amelia's help, you approach some of the auction houses of Waterdeep and place all of the items in your possession up for auction. You were there on the day of the auction, your teeth biting your bottom lip as you listen to the auction master introduce all of the items and all of the patrons bid themselves into a frenzy. You gasp and hold your breath and shriek and flinch with each new (laughs) bid made until I would like you to please roll a 1d10. D10, D10, I have plenty of these. Where are you all? Uh, that is uh, six. Six. Very well. All of the items come to the final price of 6,000 GP. Oh, damn. Do you accept this? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm getting a solid deal out of this. Very well. And so you walk out of the auction hall, your arms wrapped around the giant bag of 
coins, quite satisfied <laughs> with quite satisfied with the money you've made. And how do you spend your second month of downtime? Ah, yes, we've come to that part. After, well, yes, the days are usually spent, you know, revisiting friends and everything else and reacquainting ourselves in all life, but the nights which are not spent sleeping, since the starters don't need to, thanks to Aspect of the Moon, but mm, definitely, I don't want to say scarred, maybe warped from the time spent underground fighting for our life and constantly having issues. Um, technically there's two things I want to do. I think one I could do during the day and one I can do during night if that's possible. I don't want to take up too much time for well, many different you reasons. Don't sleep, please tell me what you'd like to do. Um, well, during the day, well, at least at one point in this month, I return to the um, House of Inspiring Hands, the lovely people there, yeah, the lovely artifices, and requisition a uh, very specific yeah, blueprint for a replacement arm, considering, you know, kind of missed ah, the old yes. one. would love to have the right arm back. Very well, so we'll get to that first. Mm -hmm. In the At the start of the second month, you pay a visit to the House of Inspiring Hands, the Temple of Gond, and ask to see the letter, the priestess there. And despite the fact that you've aged, she almost instantly recognises you, perhaps aware of some of the consequences of tinkering with magical items. She notices the stump where your right arm used to be, even though you've gone to great lengths to disguise it. She sees through your disguise, perhaps recognising this as another unfortunate consequence that comes to those who tinker with magical items. It wasn't tinkering with magical items, it was <laughs> almost dying in a fucking hellhole, but sure, carry on. And as she sees it, she just raises her hand and says, I see... Say nothing, Bobbit. Say nothing. I know what you need. And then she rifles through her desk, extracts a scroll, and hands it to you. It says, you'll have to make it yourself, but this will suit your needs just fine. Unfill the scroll and find that it is a blueprint for a mechanical metal arm that could serve as an adequate... Uh, prosthetic complete with yes. uh, complete with the interchangeable attachments such as grappling <laughs> hook and grappling hook and firearm <laughs> excellent excellent you thank for letter for this and you return to your basement workshop under troll skull manor I would like you to please make a tinker tools check Okay, now that's. Yep, go ahead. That's just a D20 plus. So it's a D20 um, plus your proficiency if you're proficient in the tool. I am indeed, thanks to being an artificer. All right. All right. Yeah. Can I spend one? I'm going to have to spend one of my inspirations because it's only an 8 plus. That's only a 12 all up. You can spend so. it, you'll need more than 12. I'm painfully aware of that one, especially with all the fun shit I want to attach to this bad boy, so come on! Do not stuff me on this deal. Okay, that's better. That is a non-nat 20. So, you 
complete the arm, and in the process, I'd like you to spend 500 GP for components. Small price to pay for all the fun stuff. So you manage to create a prosthetic mechanical arm that fits you perfectly, and then you imbue it with magic so that you're able to use your own will to control it, and it feels almost like a natural extension of your body. The default attachment is a grabber that can serve as a hand for pretty much anything you'd like to use a hand for, but for an action, you may remove the grabber hand and attach either a grappling hook or a firearm. The firearm must be a pistol or smaller to fit. A rifle will not work. Well, I do already have a pistol, so I can happily slot that in. Yep. So you slot in the pistol into your prosthetic arm. It will now, whenever you have this attachment in your arm, it will count as if you are always holding this pistol. It will not count as a free hand. But you cannot be disarmed. Interesting. And is it possible that I could get the other thing that I was hoping to have in this arm at all? Please that pushing describe things? what that is. Basically, and nice throwback to the start of our campaign, I would like to have the um, Black Shard amulet, the first real piece of Bobbit's past in Rasta C2, and to serve basically so I can use um, magic without well, requiring a stuff or anything else, basically to have it as a... Um, da -da 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 -da. A focus, yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a focus that, I can't, that can't be disarmed. Very well, I'd like you to make an Arcana check, please. Okay. That uh, is a 16 plus 12. Plus 12. So you re you carve away a bit of the prosthetic and find a couple of places to remove uh, gears that don't actually contribute to the functioning of the item. And in the place of one of these large gears, you insert your Dark Shard amulet and make sure the magic is imbued within the arm magically fusing it into the appendage. So while this is attached, it counts as having a focus on you at all times. You cannot lose this focus. Yes. However, you must still be attuned to it to get the other uh, functions. Well, that's okay. As long as I can use it as a magic yeah. focus, I'm not so fussed yeah. over the uh, You can use it as ones. a focus without being attuned, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. And so, gazing upon your handiwork, you decide to put it to the test. I know how you're going to spend your nights. So before I get you to describe it, I would like you <laughs> to pass the following two checks. Well, the following three mm -hmm. checks, actually. The first right. will be uh, an Arcana check. And you must get at least 20 on this. Seems fair. Uh, 12 plus 9 is 21. 12 plus Thank God. <laughs> yep. The second check I'd like you to pass is an investigation check. You must get at least 18 on this. Okay, come on. One. That is just a pass. Was... Lovely. And the third yeah, check I'd like you to pass is a deception check and you must also okay. get an 18 on this 
I'm slightly more confident on that one. I've been rolling a lot of 16s today. I'm not complaining right now, because 16 plus 9 is fantastic. So is this the part where I describe what, yes. what I'm doing here? Yes, so you passed all okay. three checks, so please describe how Bobbit spends her nights during the second month. Well, after many nights of staying awake, unable to sleep after all the wondrous horrors that visited her back in the tomb, her and Alessandra got together and decided to look at how we got to this point, and basically blaming most of the uh, criminal factions, such as the Zentaran and Xenathar guilds, for basically dragging us into this whole death curse mess to begin with, and the fact that they received absolutely no punishment. In fact, I'm pretty sure Xenathar got a good share of the money from the Dragon Horde at their time. Bobbit, this, well, Bobbit and Alessandra, or it's mostly Alessandra doing the brains part and Bobbit doing the uh, legwork, decide to... Well, they know that neither guild are fond of each other, as was discovered when they were basically fighting each other throughout that whole campaign, and decides to let's say reignite that little rivalry. So, through some fun detective work, you know, I imagine being in Chihol, being a, living in a tavern, you get access to like bounties and whatnot, decides to go looking for wanted people with ties to both guilds. And for every Xenathar guild member that is that she's able to knock off, make it look like a Zentaran hit was carried out. And on the other hand, Every time a Zentara member is killed off, leave signs that a Xenathar member may or may not have been involved at every scene. Yes. And so you stage a number of ambushes on people affiliated with both the Zentarum and the Xanathar guild, handily wiping out these groups, transforming into your were-tiger form dispatching <laughs> them and then leaving uh calling uh, i was actually actually before yep. we go i was actually gonna say with the mask of um many faces basically looking like transforming to look like members of either guild so just in the off chance that someone goes uh, yes. oh well you speak with dead to to see what happened to these guys i don't want them saying oh my god a giant tiger killed us no no i want tangible evidence that you know, if we're going all in on the deception we're doing this properly no nowhere tiger stuff on this one very that's well. so very you, high profile you handily dispatch a number of gang members over the course of the month each time leaving the scene a mess extracting random body parts from your victims for use later and leaving behind calling cards that point to the involvement of the opposing faction. And by the end of the month, a crime wave has gripped Waterdeep, and a full-scale gang war between the Xanathar Guild and the Zentarum has broken out. Ah, it reminds you of old times. <laughs> Neither of the gangs suspects the involvement of a third party. And at the end of the month, Satisfied with your work, you retire to your basement workshop to put those body parts to good use, as in the streets <laughs> above, members of the Zentarum and the Xanathar Guild clash in the streets, engaging in impromptu sword fights, storming businesses and hideouts owned by the opposing gang, setting them alight and thrusting the city into chaos. 
It's signed, Alessander laughs, smiling. <laughs> How do you spend uh, your third month? Well, it's funny you mentioned all those lovely uh, body parts that may have been picked up, but now that we've had our fun messing with both guilds, it's time for some actual work this month. And Bobbit is going to pick up the, uh, take the uh, body parts and that lovely manual that she picked up during the, uh, the time in the tomb and spend the next month solid, non-stop working day and night to create her very own flesh golem. Yep. Using and yeah, using the uh, core of uh, what was once Keeper. Well, she actually decides to put Keeper's original form at the pasture since it hasn't been able to help as much to try and you combine the two to make something truly unique to herself. So you take what was the original core of Keeper, that which you like to think contains his personality, and use that as mm. the very core of the flesh golem. This requires 60 days of work, though as you uh, don't sleep, you're able to compress this into 30. Now normally, mm. it would cost 50,000 GP to purchase supplies for the flesh golem, but as you've spent the previous month sourcing body parts from your ill-fated victims, this is halved to 25,000. Okay, uh, this is an important question at this yep. point. Did we get any money from the tavern while we yes. were gone? Because And this is all passed entirely on to you. Oh. You are the only oh. proprietor who is able to get, who is able to actually receive the funds. How much money do you have currently? Uh, currently 22,765 You're gold. in luck because... In the long time you were away in Cholt, Mickey Magrood, Nimrod, and Volo have been putting away your share of the earnings of the tavern, and they provide you with a bag containing exactly 3,000 gold coins. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I'm sure the rest of the uh, the gang won't uh, won't mind if I use their um their funds to help out. It's all for the good of the group, as long as no one ever asks ever. Mm. This is fine. And so, you purchase the remaining magical items. Combine these with the body parts that you have sourced, and after a month of work, you gaze upon the flesh golem lying inert on the workshop table in the basement. You raise your hand, and expend fifth level spell slot required to bring it to life. The manual of flesh golems bursts into flames and you use your magic to scatter the ash that was once the manual over the flesh golem, bringing it to life. Keeper opens his eyes, raises a hand, grasping for air, and sits bolt upright. It's both Alessander and Bobbit in unison cry out, IT'S ALIVE! <laughs> oh, we did a thing. Keeper the flesh it's golem. It's beautiful. Born. <laughs> that concludes our downtime. We may now <sighs> move on to the actual content of this session. <laughs> the three months have passed. An eventful three months that have allowed you to rest, recuperate, Pursue your personal interests. But now, 
It is time for a new quest to begin. Bulb and Zinhorn require require word from the merchant prince Wakunga on the first day of the fourth month since you arrived back in Port Nianzaru. A letter sent by Wakunga carried by a young boy, his face covered in freckles, his hair dishevelled, a street boy eager to serve as a courier, eager to see one of the legendary arch druids of his own eyes. He hands over the letter, you unfold it, and it simply says, someone awaits you, a guest in my, a guest in my manner, who must see you urgently. Please report within the next few days, Wakunga. Zinhorn and Bulb waste no time. They send word to Bobbit, and sure enough, Bobbit, as loath as you are to leave Waterdeep, once again, you find yourself under the tropical sun, tropical Cholton sun of Port Nianzaru, standing on the docks, having just stepped out of the stem of a nearby palm tree, meeting Bulb and Zinhorn and Sir Lucian, who stand at the edge of the docks, waiting for you. And as you step out of the plant and approach them, you see Sir Lucian turn to a teenaged boy wearing chainmail next to him. And as you approach, the boy turns towards you and salutes. Sir Lucian turns to the boy and says, Very well, very well, Colin, thank you. Uh, and must I say, my armour is gleaming today. You did a great job polishing it. Now, please, uh, return to my booth at the race course and prepare it for me. Remove all the dust from my lounge and please ensure that it is uh, ready for me later. The boy nods, runs off. So Lucian gestures towards the boy as he <laughs> runs off, takes a bow and says, My squire, Colin, a young boy from Port Neanderu, eager to please, I have taken it upon myself to train him in the arts of honourable swordsmanship. Oh god, does Solution have a... Sorry, I just got back. Does Solution have a squire? He does. Excellent. And so here you are, Bobbit. Once again in the docks of Port Neanderu as the wave, as the water and the seagulls provide ambience as you silently reintroduce yourself to the party to those who you have not seen in three months and as wait so did i take a ship back or did i get teleported you got back? you got you got transported via plants you just stepped out uh, of a palm tree at the docks yeah so i imagine people well i'd like to point out that obviously bobbit is not alone for obvious reasons but yes. um <laughs> To, you have like Bullet who for all rights and purposes still looks incredibly human like literally looks like how she used to before she became a UNT 
just, you know, as an adult, you know, and with her, beside her, is a, um, about eight foot tall. How, how tall the flesh, uh, flesh go? Yeah, they're about eight feet tall. Yeah, it's just an eight foot tall hulking person, probably, like, completely covered from, like, you know, neck to, like, basically wearing, like, a trench coat boots. It's like, you cannot see a a single section of skin on him. He's completely covered. And over his head, in lieu of finding a helmet while she was going through all her stuff, she managed to find a random minotaur skull. So instead of just putting that to, uh, you know, throwing that out, decided to put it to good use and gave it to a new friend and proudly introduces him and goes, you know, Hello, it's so good to see everyone again. Oh, right, new friend. Um, does everyone remember Keeper? Um, might have given him a little bit of an upgrade while we were gone. So nice to see everyone and be back here in, 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 in Chult. Keeper clumsily <laughs> waves and then bows to the party. Uh, so Lucian looks over his shoulder to catch the last glint of Colin's chainmail as he darts around the corner of a white stone building into Cholt that says I see you too have a squire young Bobbit he's not a squire he's my he's my companion sort of a um, uh, what's it called bodyguard that's it you know always need protecting and stuff in case anything goes awry he looks up and down and takes in the armor that you're wearing and says but I see unlike mine he does not polish your armor every night but well, we haven't really. Yeah. Alessandra sort of takes over and goes, um, "Well, it's rather hard to polish magical you know, mage armor now, isn't it? Considering it's a spell rather than actual half plate." We didn't really. We decided never to really put that uh, back on. Though it will look very nice sitting on the counter of our new store. By the way, where Proprietors is now on the Troll Skull. It'll be fun. But um, we'll we'll cross that bridge later. Lucian smiles, and then he shrugs as if he just remembered something. He turns around, and to the boy whom you can no longer see, he calls out, Remember, make sure none of the revelers bring bananas! Nice <laughs> uh, to see that some things definitely haven't changed. With that, Zinhorn gestures for you to follow. Standing beside him is who you can only assume is Bowl by Saw, the towering fur bulk, and he just looks at you. And even though you try not to catch his gaze, he smiles, flashing you a beaming, kind smile. He certainly missed you, regardless of what may have happened. Yeah, well, we haven't really told. Well, I haven't really told him about what happened, so we'll just yep. Just awkward, awkward side small. Just, mm, yep. And so, Zinhorn, you lead the rest of the party through the docks and into the uh, warehouse district of Port Nianzaru. And Bobbit, for the first time in three months, gets to see the sights and sounds of Cholt once again. The, the white stone building. Uh, glowing in the sunlight, the tabaxi minstrels that play on every street corner, the throngs of passers-by in all manner of brightly coloured clothings, the smells of exotic spices and foods that are available at every market stall. 
and as you pass through the market district on your way to the manors of the through, as you pass through the warehouse district and enter the market district on your way to the um, manners of the merchant princes, you see a dark-skinned man standing at the corner of a nearby tavern. And as you round the corner and begin walking down the street towards him, he raises his head, looks in your directions and waves to you and calls out, Friends! Friends! It is I, Jubal! Come! Come! I will take you to visit Wakunga's Manor! Do you approach him? I do remember Jubal. Didn't we meet Jubal? Yes, you've met Jubal. He was the one who uh, Bulb had the arrangement with. Do I... remember yeah. him looking like this? You do, yes. He looks... Oh. Well, you notice that you notice that he's covered, he's wearing very thick white robes and he's got a hood pulled over his face, perhaps to disguise him from the uh, passers, for, to disguise him from the locals of Fort Leandro. After all, he is one of the merchant princes, but you recognise the, the beaming smile and the dark skin. It certainly looks like him. I'll approach him then. Also... <laughs> Real quick, what did I miss? Sorry. Uh, just Bobbit's <laughs> downtime. Bobbit's okay. very long downtime. And, <laughs> yeah, and then, I knew I was safe. Yeah, guys, <laughs> I, I, knew, uh, I knew mine was going to take forever. Uh, but a, letter, a letter from Lukunga stating that a guest is waiting in his manor and it's very important that he speaks to you. And so you summoned Bobbit back to Port Neanderu while you're on your way to visit Wakunga's manor. You find Jubal offering to escort you. So you approach <laughs> Jubal, and he looks you up and down. He's not seen you in your furbolg form before, and he says, Well, if I had not heard of the coronation of the new Archdruid, I would ask, Who is this giant before me? But I know better that this must be Bulbysaur. Yet still he looks at you, and you notice that his face is ever so slightly screwed up in puzzlement, as if he doesn't quite recognize you. And then he says, this is Bulbysaur, correct? It's a pleasure to meet you again, Jabal. He smiles, and he says, I'm sorry to... I, I'm sorry that your venture with the ships did not pan out as you intended. He can't win everything. He says, furthermore, when we heard of your death, the magic on the communication scroll, it, the magic on the communication scroll began to dispel. And so unfortunately, I was unable to contact the rest of your group to see if there was anything they would suggest in your stead. Hmm. That oh, makes sense. He Make, says, yes. he says, however, the arrangement you had with the Kobolds has been panning out, uh, well, I shall say, rather surprisingly well. They've already made several shipments of weapons and armor to here oh. in Fort Nianzaru, and Wakanga oh. has been overseeing the distribution of these items to the merchants of the city. He says, oh, no. so here, he reaches into his cloak and pulls out a 
small cloth bag and he hurls it to you. You reach out and catch it with one of your huge furball hands and open it up, finding 800 gold pieces within. Oh, One, two, three. Is it just Sir Lucian, Zinhorn, Bobbit, and me now? Yes. Uh, Ava has... Ava, as a member, as a senior member of the Emerald Enclave, has been rather busy. You don't know what she's been up to these past few months. All you know is that all you know is that Zinhorn has tasked her with a very important goal, and she's been journeying out of the city into the jungles of Cholt often. Some okay. say she journeys to Mesro, some say she journeys to Dungrungrung, but you haven't seen much of her. Okay, well, I split the coin purse into four lots of 200 and go, so... The kobolds couldn't have made this investment if you guys hadn't helped me free them, so... <laughs> so everyone gets hey, 200. Hey. As, <laughs> as you... Uh, as you divide the coins amongst everybody, I would like everybody to please make an insight check. Oh, oh yeah, my I just was killed today. It's my favorite stat, <laughs> and that's my nat one. Awesome! I'm so glad you waited till after I was finished to show up. I didn't do much better. I got a nat two, which is a seven for me. <laughs> well, I yep. got a nat one, which is a one. So I, I'm clearly going. Oh, thank God, I have money again because so I literally spent all the. I like, got a seven, seven plus something. We're gonna die. So this all rests on Sir Lucian. Sir Lucian, go ahead. Oh and make God! <laughs> I've seen a lot of coins over the last three. Nine. So right. none of us got oh, higher God. than a ten. I got a pass. Yeah, nine plus seven, that's a sixteen. So oh, that is a good pass. Um, yeah. So Zinhorn and mm. Lucian are the first to notice, but as you look at these coins and go to put them away in your coin purse, you notice that these are stamped with the symbol of. Lady Silverhand of Waterdeep. These are not Cholton coins at all. Hey. Uh, Clown? still has no real comprehension of money, so he doesn't understand yeah. it. So, does anyone else wish to yeah, they comment quickly, on that one? They point, uh, Zinhorn or Lucian, do you wish to point out, point out the discrepancy on the coins? Sure. So, Lucian holds the coins forward and he says but these are water deep drakes not in not cholton coins at all jobal looks back at you and he just smiles and he says please please rest assured they come from my personal pocket i must ensure that uh, all of the dealings are done above board and please please the origin of the money should not concern you and then he just smiles and offers no more of an explanation mm. uh? come he says and he begins to lead Can... you through the mark nearby market square we shall Can visit I... wakanga together um while we're walking can i cast detect magic and use subtle spell to make it without a somatic or verbal component? Yes, you can. Ooh. 
Uh, let me see. Um, so, as he, as what, as Joe Ball, uh, begins to lead you through the market square, talking about how, talking about how it's been a while since you've seen with hunger, and even though you weren't expecting an escort, you decided to come and, come and, uh, catch up with you so that you could visit with hunger together. Bold whispers the incantation for detect magic and Wakunga pulls his hood further down his head. Yeah, Jabal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jabal pulls the, um, the... I wouldn't even need to whisper it because oh, subtle yeah. spell is just... without somatic or verbal. Yep. You just jiggle the mm. tips of your fingers as Jabal pulls the hood closer around his head. And suddenly he begins to glow bright yellow, indicating an aura of trance, indicating an aura of illusion magic. Oh dear. Um, are we still in a public area? Yes, you're being led through a market square. Um, okay. I really wish I'd taken the telekinetic feat at some point. Um, yeah. There was a spell I was looking at, possible uh, ritual spell I was looking at getting for the, such an occasion, but unfortunately, yeah, didn't um, quite have time for that one. Can I? Uh, oh no, Druidcraft isn't prestigitation. I can't create a glowing nimbus. Um, I'm going to walk next to Zinhorn. Yep. And just nudge him and just with my eyes look at Jabal and back at Zinhorn, back at Jabal, like try like shifty eyes, like So Zinhorn just... Zinhorn, you notice the bulb seems to be trying to get you to look at uh Jabal and as you look at him you notice that his skin seems to be his skin and his cloak seem to be glowing a very pale ink and you recognize this as the signature of illusion magic as you do this the four of you notice that Jabal as he walks through the market square seems to be looking from left to right and you soon reach a you soon reach a three-way junction the street on the right leading out of the market square and up into the hills towards the merchant's, uh, towards the merchant prince's manor. Jabal doesn't turn right though. He continues leading you forwards into another market square and as he does so, continues to look to the left, to the right, and Zinhorn, with your passive perception, you notice his gaze briefly linger at a nearby rooftop. I um, look over to the side and... Because we're going through marketplace area so we can see stuff. Yes. Um, I'm just... Gonna, um, uh, is your passive perception 20? 19. Okay, so you, I have you, a 20, you, so do I see it as well? Yeah, you also see it too. Okay, cool. <laughs> wow, uh, do me. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Bobbitt's just happy to be back in Schultz, not having to worry about, you know, world-ending events. It's just, you know, a really nice time with their friends. <laughs> I wasn't trying to outdo you, okay? I was trying to make sure I don't get surprised in the surprise round coming up. Well, Bobbitt, Lucy, <laughs> shit. Sir Lucian and Bobbitt have both noticed that Jabal is looking left and right every now and then as he mm. walks, almost as if nervous and... He just occasionally stops and he looks over his shoulder and says, Do not worry, friends, we will be visiting with Wakanga very soon. And you also notice that he's taking a very long roundabout way through the market district to lead you to the Merchant Prince's manners. Someone's going to pull Bulb over to a marketplace and says, He's that thing you always wanted. I go with him and go, Oh, you found one. Awesome. Zinhorn and Bulb, I'd like you to make deception checks, please. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I knew that was coming, but, uh, you know, may as well try. Oh, it would be nice if you'd thrown me into this loop. I could help, <laughs> but no. Bulb's just having a nice time. That's uh, a whopping nine. <laughs> oh, way to outdo me, why don't you? I got an eight. Wow. <laughs> okay. So Zinhorn, I rolled nothing, and I still have better deception than both of you. So Zinhorn, you walk over to a nearby uh, market stall as Jabal walks ahead, and then you loudly say, "Ah, uh, Bulb, here's that item you were looking for." And Bulb says, "Ah, you found it." And Bulb walks over. Bulb walks over to the market stall, and then. Uh, Bobbitt and Sir Lucian, you just sigh as you notice that the market stall that they've gone to is selling, is just selling fruit. <laughs> I've been craving yeah. a smoothie, okay? <laughs> and Bobbitt doesn't mind smoothies, I don't know why Bobbitt's sighing. As Lucy they, makes perfect sense. As they approach the stalls in Horn, you're about to lean in to whisper something to Bob when Jabal stops and turns around. And looks up at the near, looks up one of the nearby rooftops, and shouts, "Our cover is blown! Attack!" I'd like you to all roll initiative, please. Oh, something oh. I might do okay at. <laughs> uh, let's see. I still only have a plus one. Lovely. For God's sake! Well, okay. There's my second that one of the session. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm gonna go take a nap. You guys, um, you guys hey, deal with you this problem. You have to watch boy. me die again. Um, <laughs> don't, don't. I got a twelve. Twelve. Fuck you. Yep. I got a fifteen. Fifteen. How did Sir yeah. Lucy it go? Oh, sorry. Finally found found the move button. Oh, that no. was a nat twenty. At twenty. Does, okay, so looks like does so, keeper go with me? He does. Or does he goes on, his no, he goes on your initiative count. Okay. Oh, oh bastard. <laughs> Jabal turns around, and as soon as he shouts this, you see two men wearing black leather armor leap down from nearby roof rooftops into the market square and draw their blades and begin to rush at you. The people in the market square immediately begin to scream and disperse, and some of the shopkeepers tower behind their stalls. Actually, the fruit stall, that's here. And... Jabal reaches for his cloak, rips it off, and as he does so, 
you notice his dark brown skin begin to change to a darker grey, his facial features changing from those of those that make a decent approximation of Jabal into something almost featureless, a bulbous grey head with tiny almond-shaped eyes. His body grows shorter and thinner, and the doppelganger assassin reaches for the dagger in his belt and readies it. Okay, so Alessander and Sir Lucian, you are surprised. Naturally. Uh, Zinhorn and Bulb, you are not. So, the doppelganger assassin, he gets to go first. Um... Yep. Some alert. Does yep. alert mean ah, I'm yeah, you not can't, yeah, you can't be surprised, surprised either. So you get to go okay. next. Uh, so the doppelganger assassin rushes towards uh, rushes towards Bobbit, raises his dagger, and goes in for the attack. Uh, and that will be. So he has advantage on attack rolls against any creature he is surprised. Of course. So he attacks you with his short sword. So yep. the first is a 25. That'll hit. So you take 7 points of piercing damage. Now is must... this a magical sword or is it this is just not. a normal sword? So that is 4 so... points of piercing damage. And uh, you are... Are you immune to... Poison, or do you resist it? I am immune to poison. Yeah, so no further damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then... you just watch as Bobbit's eyes just glaze over into Alison and go, Oh, so we're doing this now. Lovely. He then goes to attack you again, and during his first turn, he has advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn, so he gets advantage again. Uh... And that is a 28. Yep. And any attack that hits you because of his assassinate ability is instantly a critical hit. So you oh, take uh, 10 points of piercing damage. That's halved and so then doubled again. Wait, yeah, so I take 10. Yep. He then makes his third attack, and this is just a normal okay. one, and that is a 14. Yeah, but at this point it's like Mage Armor's up and just looking incredibly annoyed at this. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn. Oh, well, okay. Can I... Uh, can I engage the mage? Uh, yes, you can. Would you like to go and get him? Oh, yes, please. Yep. So you rush towards him. Um, you would have to either uh, use your carpet to climb up onto the roof, which will, to fly you up onto the roof, which will be your turn. Or you could try to climb up onto the roof, or you could try to hit him with a ranged attack from down here. Oh, let's let's try and hit him with three ranged attacks. Yes, because you during your downtime, you purchased uh, a plus one returning hand axe. So you we may go enduring. ahead. So you may go ahead and uh, roll three attacks, please, to try and hit the uh, mage. Yeah. Uh, what are they? D. Well, we're turning here next. Oh, yeah, so it's a, D, it's a D... No, it's a D20 plus 10 to hit. And then we'll see if you hit right. before you deal the damage. Just do that three yeah. times. Oh, that is a 27 to hit. On the first one, <laughs> yep. So do the yeah, that's a major. Okay, now it's ready to roll some damages. 
Alright, that's what? Three plus six, so that's nine points of damage there. Nine points of damage? You hurl your hand axe towards the mage wearing a black cloak you can see standing on a nearby roof. It hits him, and as he gasps in pain, you see the hand axe detach itself and come floating back down. You <laughs> grab it and get oh. ready to throw again. Roll that would suck so much. That would suck so much to be like, oh god damn, I have an axe in me, and then the axe just rips itself out. It's like, god, no, worse. <laughs> All right, that is another eight points of damage on the second one. What'd you uh, roll did the you, hit? Did you? What did you roll to hit first? I got twenty-five. Oh yeah, you know, you definitely. Okay. Hit. So yeah, another eight yeah, yeah. points of damage. So you hurl the hand axe again. It flies up, and the mage casts a shield to try to block it, but he can't. It sails past his shield. Cuts off the hem of his cloak and then flies up into the air and you leap up and catch it, ready to throw it a third time. What's its uh, AC value? Uh, the mage, his AC is 12. Well, 15, right. he has mage armor active. It's 15. Oh, okay, so we hit on a 16. Yep. So what did you uh, roll for the third one? I think you said 16. Uh, hit. Nine. damage there. So if you rolled 16... The mage is going to use his reaction to cast shield. Didn't he already cast shield though? Well, that was in flavor. Yeah, he's put his AC ah, up to okay. twenty. Yeah, that. Well, I'm sorry, okay. I meant. Yeah, that was just like in flavor. Him trying to deflect oh, it. So okay, he uses okay. his reaction oh, okay, okay, yeah. to in cast case, shield and boosts his uh, AC to twenty. So were you able to beat that? No, I did not. I got sixteen. Yeah. So the third time, there's the axe flies towards him. He snaps his fingers. And a shield of magical energy sends the hand axe flying away. It writes itself in midair and then floats back down into your hand. Okay, uh, Alessandro, what was your initiative? Sorry? One. One. Hmm. Oh, yeah. One. Uh, Bulban Zinborn, what was yours? <laughs> Twelve. Fifteen. Fifteen? Okay, so the rest of the enemies go now. Yay. So, two assassins leap down off the buildings into the marketplace, and as they leap down, their black leather armour is illuminated from the sun, and you each notice that carved into their chest plates is an image of a winged serpent, the symbol mm -hmm. of the Zentarum. Oh, it's finally come back to bite us in the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, all the... of us, definitely all of us. One of them points towards one of them points towards Bulbasaur and says, There he is! The Arch Druid! Get him! And they drop down 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. On the other side of the food stall, Assassin number one is going to raise his short bow. And he has advantage on this because of his assassinate ability. Uh, that is a 24 to hit. Yep, that is. Alright, so Bulb, you take six points of piercing damage, and you must make a con save, please. Okay. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. Oh. Uh, that's a 14. That's a 14, okay. Uh, so that is a fail. You take 19 points of poison damage. 19, okay, so that goes down to... And then because he had advantage on the attack against you, his sneak attack activates and you take an additional oh. 10 points of damage. Okay, okay, calm down. Yeah. I only just got him back, mate. 
Yeah, please, please don't kill him. I may, I may, act, I may actively, realistically snap. Assassin two leaps down, and he takes cover behind a nearby weapon, a nearby weapons uh, stall. Raises his crossbow and fires at Zinhorn with advantage, and that is a twenty-one to hit. That does hit. That does hit. So Zinhorn, you take. Uh, six points of piercing damage, and you must make a con save, please. Uh, they can have advantage on every freaking turn. No, it's only their first turn. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Unless uh, assassins they... get yes. advantage on any creature that hasn't taken a turn. Yeah. Ah, right. So, that's a nat one. Oh dear. Nat one. Yep. So you take thirty-one points of poison damage. I am so glad I'm immune to this and shit. And because he had advantage on you, his sneak attack activates and you take an additional 14 oh. points of damage. Okay, well fuck all of these guys. <laughs> it is now the mage's turn, and the mage wants to strike back at Sir Lucian, so he raises his hand and he casts a 4th level magic missile at Sir Lucian. Hmm. So that is going to be a very painful experience. That is going to hey, be. This seven... is only fourth level. Yes, it's going to be seven d four plus seven. So, Sir That's Lucian, you take twenty-two points of force damage as the magic missiles fly from the mage's hand, slamming into you. I can't wait till you come back down here and I'll whip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> then the mage decides to run across the rooftops as far away from Sir Lucian as he can get. It is now Zinhorn's turn. <sighs> Zinny. Hello, sir. Ah, yes, there we go. Zinhorn, your turn. Bonus action, activating animated shield. Yep. You call out the command word, auto defense straight, and your shield bursts out of, bursts out of your bag and begins to hover in front of you. And then, going to duck away into the corner over here. Yep. Rush and hide behind the barrier of a stone staircase. And fire off a frostbite. Yep. To Assassin 1. Alright, very well. Assassin 1's going to make his save. That is a 9. He fails it, so now that I'm level 11, it's 3d6. Which is. Uh, four points of cold damage. Yep. And has disadvantage on the next weapon attack. Lovely. Okay, it is Bulb's turn. Okay. As much as I would like to show off my new subclass, I am just going to cast Summon uh, Conjure Animals. Yep. At fifth level. And summon, uh, what level are they? They are challenge rating one, which means I get four giant vultures. 
four giant vultures and wouldn't you know the giant vulture is one of the tokens i actually have because i was using them <laughs> setting up the next campaign where do you summon them nice That's so spoiler warning there's another campaign somewhere down the road Shush. Yeah. <laughs> so my command to them is split off into pairs and attack the assassins yep so giant vulture one and two and giant vulture three and four so yep uh, they get advantage on their attack rolls yep they're because gonna... there's two of them yes they're gonna flank <laughs> no, they just get advantage oh, yeah. if another yeah, creature, if another <clears throat> ally is within five feet. That's right, they do. And so the giant vultures core ah, spread their wings, flapping into the air to surround the assassins. It is Bobbit's turn, but Bobbit is surprised. Uh, it is, and yep. with my yep. bonus action, I'm gonna say vomit. Vomit, yes, and <laughs> activate your shield. Yes. Okay, your giant vultures are going in for the attack. I'm going to roll for the giant vultures. Um, let me grab them up. Giant vulture, lovely. Okay, so giant vultures one and two make multi-attacks. Okay, so that's a, a, not a hit for the sec for the first. Okay, a nat 20 from Giant Vulture 1 on its talons. Yay! It deals 19 points of damage to Assassin 2. And then the second Vulture goes in. That's a hit. So that's an additional 14 points of damage. Nice. And then Giant Vultures 3 and 4 go in for their attacks. That's a miss. A miss. And a hit. So on Assassin uh, 2, that is 10 points of damage. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. Bobbit is surprised, but it is Keeper's Wait. turn. Wait, wasn't it? Wasn't Lucian surprised as well? Yeah, but he's alert. No, he's alert. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Bobbit can't yeah. do anything, but Alessandra just goes, well, we might sit this right now, we might sit this one out, but uh, have you met our new, our new bodyguard? Yes, Keeper Give him a hug, Keeper. and he roars. <laughs> As he steps towards the doppelganger assassin, and he is going to make two slam attacks. <laughs> so that is a 15 and a nat 20, both hit. <laughs> so the first yeah. one is 15 points of damage, and the second yeah. one is 40 points of damage. <laughs> the evil okay. yeah. this was this was a good investment this this was worth every bit of gold that i may have not borrowed some from your lot don't worry about it <laughs> okay <laughs> lovely it yeah. is the doppelganger assassin's turn he's going to use his cunning action to disengage and Shit. then he runs behind he leaps over one of the nearby market stalls raises his uh, crossbow and fires it at Keeper. Oh, he doesn't have a crossbow. Uh, so what he's going to do is he's going to attempt to hide. Wait, and he, so did he attack Keeper or not? He did not attack. He disengaged and now he's going to attempt to hide. Uh, I would like... I'm going to roll perception for... I'd like everyone to roll perception, please. Uh... Except for oh. Sir Lucian, because Sir Lucian's back is turned for this. 
23. 23. 15. 15. 23. All right. He rolled a 24 on his stealth. Oh, God damn it. He hides. Mm. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. Ah, uh, uh, where is that little bastard? You're gonna kill that uh, mage. You, you don't have enough axes buried in your back. So you're just gonna run. <laughs> you're just gonna. Well, you're still in range. You can just let loose from here if you want. Ah, uh, you know what? Would it? <clears throat> can I make an attempt to scramble or? How tall is the shops? Is it enough for me to jump in one foul swoop? You wouldn't be able to just... jump, but you could, like, climb up. You could be able... You, there are enough footholds, like doors and awnings and window shades and things that you might be able to climb up. You'll need to make an athletics check, though. Oh, you know what? I'm going to make an athletics check. Yep. So run to the nearby building, grab hold of a window shade, and start scrambling up the wall. Please make an athletics check. Alright, let's see if these old legs can do it, boys. Oh, would you know? It's a 23. Yep. I... So you hoist yourself up onto the roof tiling, and then I'm going to guess you're going to run straight towards him and gut him with your sword. <laughs> Great sword draw. <laughs> yep. So the long sword draw. You draw your long yes, sword please. and you charge across the roof tiles towards the mage. He raises his hands, ready to cast a spell. But you pull your sword and swing as soon as you get close. Go ahead, roll to hit him. Oh, that is... It's plus 10, isn't it? It's plus 11 on your sword, actually. Oh, plus 12. Okay, that's... Plus 12 on your sword. Alright. Oh, sorry, that's uh, 25 to hit. That is a um, hit. So go ahead, roll I your damage. That's higher than he's... Oh, come on. Oh, wait, there's me, DA. Found it. Alright. That is ugh, 10 points of damage there. Yep, 10 points of damage. Would you like to add a precision attack to that? So that oh, you can add, ex add an extra D10 of damage? Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Yes, please. All right, so go ahead. Please roll your D10 superiority dice. Oh, that's another three points on top of that. Three points of damage. Lovely. Go in for your next attack. That is a 24 to hit. That's a 24. He can't block that. Go ahead, roll your damage. Alright. Oh, that is nine points of damage on that. Nine points of damage. The mage gurgles as you gut him. Ugh. And thanks to the three points of extra damage you dealt, he goes down. Would you like to throw a javelin at one of the assassins? Oh, hell yeah. Let's do that. And you'll have advantage because you've got the high ground. I have the... <laughs> it's over, Anakin! <laughs> okay, so go ahead, get you your raise your back. hand axe, and you hurl your hand axe <laughs> down into the marketplace. Go ahead, roll to hit one of the assassins. Ooh. What's their AC value? 15. 15, okay. I got an ace. I'm sorry, I got an attack roll of... 16. 16, so you hit assassin 2. Go ahead and roll damage. Ah, oh, that is a d6. Okay, that is eight points of damage. Eight points of damage, and the hand axe bounces off him and flies back up through the air, and you grab it. Nice. It is the rest of the enemy's turn. Assassin 2 is under attack by the giant vultures, but he's going to raise his crossbow and fire at Sir Lucian. 
And that is an 8 on the first hit. So, Sir Lucian, you raise your shield and the bolt bounces off. And the second is a 20. You raise your shield and ping, the bolt bounces off. Assassin 1 is going to raise he is going to raise his short sword and attack one of the giant vultures. So that is a nat 20 on his first. The with giant... Disadvantage. With disadvantage. Oh, with disadvantage. That's right, yes. Well, he still hits, but not with not a nat 20 this time. So that is six points of uh, piercing damage. The giant vulture is going to make a con save, which it fails, and it takes 25 points of poison damage. Giant Vulture 4 goes down, hitting the ground with a thump. Then with his next attack, he makes another short sword attack against the other Giant Vulture. That is a hit with 21. It takes 9 points of piercing damage and it's going to make a con save, which it nat 1's on. It takes 29 points of poison damage and Giant Vulture yeah. 3 goes down. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and... It is now Zinhorn's turn. Alright, so... Zinhorn is... going to... transform into a... bristled Morbanda. And is going to... charge towards the Assassin 1. Yep. And yep. So yeah, gonna just pounce right over on top of him. Cause... Yep. Go ahead, do your rhino attack. Rhino horn charges through the market square towards so the assassin. It's a, it's a standing leap, so I'm pretty much yep. jump forty feet. So just launch straight out at him yep. and go in with the pulsy attack. So the blades first. Yep. Is a 15 to hit. That is a hit. Good. 2d6. That is 5 plus 4 is 9 slashing. Yep. And does he take anything extra? Uh, no. No. Okay, so 9 slashing. Not bad. And then the claws attack. Yep. Is a 13 plus. Six, that so is a hit. A and this is 4d4. 4d4, nice. One, two, three, four. It is four, and three is seven, and three is ten, and two is twelve, plus four is sixteen points of slashing. Ooh, nice. Okay, it is Bulb's turn. Bulb? So this assassin's still alive? He is still alive, yep. Also, could I have gone, like, directly opposite Bulb? Ah, yep, so you want to go right here. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Alright. Yep, Bulb, you're up. I am going to grasp my new staff two-handed. And I am going to activate my thorn shape. Ooh, yes. A spectral thorns, as if from like a rose bush shaped. 
emerge all over my skin and my skin becomes bark-like. And they cover every inch of my body. I gain 33 temporary hit points. And for 10 minutes, I have Thorn Shape. Thorn Shape. Ooh, yes. Which, as I said, gives me temporary hit points and also... Because of the hardiest skin, bonuses to constitution saving throws. Lovely. And this guy's in for a surprise if he hits me with a melee weapon, which he's probably going to be forced to do as I take a step forward either onto the table or just push the table to the side. You just thrust the table aside and the fruits all spill out onto the floor, rolling across the market square. (laughs) Oh no, the cabbages. (laughs) Not <laughs> the cabbages. And I'm going to whack him with my staff. Yep, and he is flanked because Zinhorn's on the other Rhino horns on the other side, so go ahead, you have to <laughs> And it's a plus two weapon. Yes. Between a horn and a half, please. Uh which is okay, so strength from proficient plus strength, so that's plus six plus eight. That is a twenty-one. That is a 21. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Uh, I have to look up what a quarter staff is. Um, uh, I, I do have that. It's, um, 1d8. 1d8. Plus your proficiency in strength. No, not proficiency, just strength. Ah. No. Uh, no, when damage rolls don't have proficiency added to them. Ah, uh, no, right. They don't. Yep. Uh, so that is... Uh, and then it's plus two weapons, so it's not... 11 physical damage. As I hit him over the head, and then I bring it back up to hit him under the chin. <laughs> uh, with a 23 uh, to hit. 23 to hit, lovely. That is a hit, roll your damage. Uh, and that is only six damage as I whack him on the chin. Yep, nice. And then I stand there, glaring yep. at him. It is your giant vulture's turns. They continue harassing assassin number two. And they get in and they each get in an attack and deal 15 points of damage altogether. It is Bobbit's turn. Uh, I don't want to try and find the guy that ran off. I'd have to try and you have to make, him, wouldn't You I? have to make a perception check of at least 24 to find him. Okay, well, considering my perception is plus zero, Sid Alisson is just going to growl in frustration. Everyone else can just hear it going, Stupid man thing! You won't last long even if you run! <laughs> and we'll instruct Keeper for his action to basically... Stand next to Alessander and hold her reaction to basically hit anyone that comes close to her. Yep. And for her actual action, she's just going to point her uh, right arm towards Assassin 1's pretty handle, Assassin number 2, and just throw Eldritch Blasts at him. Yep, Keeper just nods as he stands in front of you. Go ahead, roll to hit Assassin 2. Alright, well, the first one was a nat 20, which makes me happy. Yep. And the second one is... Uh, I believe I have plus nine for plus nine plus seven. God damn it! A while since I've used Eldritch Blast, it's weird to say for a warlock. <laughs> uh, Twenty-two to hit on the uh, second yep, one. Yep, they're both hits. Go ahead, roll All the right. damage. 
That's the first one, and I don't have the agonizing blast at the moment, so this is just going to be straight rolls. First one, lucky me, is the nat 20 was 9, so that's 18 points of force damage. And the second one is 5, so that's going to be uh, 23 points of force damage all up. Assassin 2 screams ah, as he goes down, hitting the ground in a heap. A cloud of dirt rising mm. as the giant vultures begin to begin to pick flesh off his bones. Mm. Soon as we finish, as soon as we find you, you're next. Keeper mm. just stands with his arms raised. Okay, it is the doppelganger assassin's turn. He c jumps out of hiding behind Zinhorn, and he shouts, oh, "Death to the Emerald Enclave!" As he leaps at Zinhorn with his short sword, and he gets advantage because he is sneaking. Yeah. So that is a twenty-five to hit. Hits. So Zinhorn, you take eight points of piercing damage, and you must make a con save, please. No. Do I, in Vosh, I still use my normal con, don't I? Yes. Actually, no, you use the creature's con. Because it's a physical um, attribute. Okay, even with my um, amulet of health? That's... Yeah, yeah. It's because you, you... Well, that would make the creature's con 19. So, yeah, it's going to be 19 yeah. regardless. Yeah, cool. So, plus 4. Only say 19 plus 4. That is a pass, so you take 15 points of poison damage, and then his so sneak attack activates, and you take so 8, plus an 8 plus 15, plus an additional 14. 8 plus 15 plus 14. Yep. He then oh. makes two more short sword attacks, an 11, which misses, I'm presuming. Correct. And then another one, which is a 17. That hits the Bristled Mord uh, Bounder. Yep, so that is 11 points of piercing damage, and you must make a con save again. 11. That is a 15 plus 4, it's a 19. Yep, so you take 10 points of poison damage. <laughs> Cool. I am still in more bounder form. Yep. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn. What would Sir Lucian like to do? Sir Lucian is muted in case he hasn't. Ah, yep. Sir Lucian in case he doesn't muted. realize. Yeah. In case you don't realize. <laughs> So Sir, ah, so Sir Lucian will just pass his turn for the moment and we'll go to Zinhorn. Actually, no, we'll go to the other enemies. So Assassin 1 grabs his short sword and swings at Bulb with it. That is a 12 on the first. That misses. And on the second, that is a 21. That hits. Okay, so you take nine points of piercing damage and you must make a con save. Nine, okay, uh, hold on, uh, that becomes 24, uh, con save. Uh, oh shit, this is, uh, 
And 11. 11? <laughs> so you take 27 points of poison damage. Okay. Um, he's yep. going to take 7 points of damage because when a creature hits you with a melee attack or grapples you, the creature takes damage equal to 2 plus half your level in this class. Lovely. And so your, so thorns, half level is five, so. your thorns reach out and pierce his skin. One of them pierces his throat. He gurgles. Oh! Ah! As he goes down. Sir. Yeah, you killed him with that. <laughs> it is uh... now your giant vulture's turn, but they are too that they are stripping the flesh from the other guy. Uh they go after me and that wasn't yep. actually my turn. Oh yeah, that wasn't actually your turn, yeah. Because right. Zinhorn's before me. Yeah, that's right, it's Zinhorn's turn. Oh no. Okay, Zinhorn's going to turn around and start growling at this other assassin who snuck yep, up this behind him. Yep, assassin. And going to unleash a multi-attack of blades and claws. Yep, go ahead. A 13 plus 6. 13 plus hit. 6, that is a hit. And 2d6 is... Uh, 11 points of damage. 11 Flash points damage. of damage, nice. You can go in here next. And our claws. That is a natural 20. Natural 20, ooh, <laughs> double it. 4d4 four plus 4 doubled. Ooh. Murder! Jesus. Nobody sneaks up on Zinhorn. Oh, that uh, is a 4 and a 3 and a 3 and a 3, so 4 and 3 is 7 plus 3 is 10 plus 3 is 13 plus 4 is 17 times 2 is 34. Ooh, nice! He gasps, holds his wound, he's barely on his feet. It is Bobbit's turn. What? No. Mm. Unless mm. it's another ground. Bulb oh, sorry, Bulb's, Bulb's, turn. Bulb's turn. Yeah, Bulb's turn, sorry. Okay, well, this guy's pissed me off. Um, because <laughs> I'm going to step up next to Zinhorn. Yep. And I'm going to cast Contagion on him. Ooh. Oh dear God! He's oh no! Save. No, that's uh, oh, yeah, I have no, to take no, make no, a no, melee yeah. spell attack. All right, go ahead. Make oh, this is gonna be attack. a bad day. Actually, I will move to below him. Below him. Yep. Staying. Yeah. Him. Staying in his. Yep. Because I want this to hit. That's a nat 20. Too bad oh, this does not do damage. <laughs> yeah, just to hit him. Because I just need 20. to, like, poke him. Uh, yep. He is going to be infected with slimy doom. <laughs> the creature begins to bleed uncontrollably. The oh. creature has disadvantage on constitution checks and constitution saving throws. In addition, whenever the creature takes damage, it is stunned until the end of its turn. He just screams oh. ah, as he begins oh. to bleed from every orifice after your, after you jab him with the end of your staff. On the other side <laughs> of the market square, your giant vultures just go ah, as they continue tearing meat off the body mm. of the other assassin. It is Bobbit's yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah, I just, sorry, I just, just that, that, in, that infection does does not match up to the hilarity of its name. It's like, yay, slimy <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Alright, let's see. Where am I and how far away are we from our friend here? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I can't, I can't get to him from here. I was hoping to beat him personally, but... Oh, oh well. I fucking keep a move. Uh, he has a movement speed of 20. 
Yeah, that makes sense. He's a big boy. Don't move first. He's also very slow. Oh, well. Oh, well. When in doubt for a Warlock Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Keeper just sees you readying the blast and he just nods and steps out of the way. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah, just casually just yeah, move the hand, just go one side, please. Thank you. He just nods okay. and gestures All towards right. the assassin. Mm-hmm. That's a 22 on the first hit. Yep. And that's a 23 on the second. Those both hit. Go ahead, roll your damage. Lovely. Uh, that's a one on the first one, because of course it bloody is. <laughs> and that's a six on the second, so that's okay. going to be seven whopping points. But had... it also means he can't bugger off now. He had seven HP left, and so he screams <laughs> as he hits the ground. And as he does, you hear a voice calling... Assassination teams be destroyed! Abort! Abort! And then you turn around and you see from on top of one of the buildings another man in black armor. He sees you staring in his direction and he turns and begins to run across the rooftops. Um, can I cast what? Wall of Fawns around him? I was... You know, you can go first. Yeah, you can <laughs> if you want to. Well, it's it's still going to go with initiative, so the initiative order is going to stay the same. Damn, so, I was. Wait, <laughs> oh, I already had my turn. Damn, I was going to go after. I would have been able to catch him. Yeah, so no. it's Sir Lucian first. It's Sir Lucian's going to uh, attempt to throw a hand axe at him. Okay. So Sir Lucian, right. go ahead and. Unless you want to just chase after him. He's not on the map, but you can. Oh. Now let's just throw on the hand axe in the back of his skull, because that sounds awesome. Yep, so he's. <laughs> 30 feet ahead of you, so go ahead and roll as you break into a run, raise your hand axe and throw. Alright, that is... Hand axe, no... 10, because 24. Is that definitely a hit? That is a hit, go ahead and roll your damage. Alright, that is 8 points of damage there. That is 8 points of damage. As you run, you hurl your hand axe at him, it hits him in the back and he stumbles over some of the uh, roof tiles, and then he takes a leap down into the streets. You leap after him, and you manage to catch up to him a little bit. He is now 20 feet ahead of everybody, instead of 30, but he's still up. Sir Lucian, I need you to please roll a d10 for me. A dented head? A d10. A dented head. <laughs> wow. Can't find dented heads anywhere, but look, I'm asking. <laughs> Alright, that is... A3. A3, three. A three. so I'm just going to switch maps. We're going to go to a new map in a moment. Um, Nifty news. I'm just going to go back to the Cholt one for the moment. Um, so as you sprint after him, you reach up, reach into the air, catch your hand axe as it comes flying towards you. And then you look up and you gasp as there are two men carrying a large sheet of wood between them, right in front of you, blocking your path. You may make a strength save to smash through it, or you may make an acrobatics check to leap over it. Which one would you like to make? Oh, let's do... Oh, acrobatics... I've got no proficiency in it, so... Just bust through it. Just bust through it. Yep. It's it's the medieval guys with with their version of the bloody painted glass in every chase scene. 
Oh, sorry. This is a steel. Was it? This is a steel plate. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go ahead, make your I strength will check. Blast my way through it. <laughs> yep. So go ahead, make an athletics check. All right, that is twenty-two. Yep. So you just grit your teeth and go, and run, and then crash. The wooden sheet is snapped between you, and the two men just shout, "Hey!" as you keep running. Don't worry, the... I'm famous! <laughs> towards the escaping Zentarim operatives. Okay, it is his turn. He's just going to continue fleeing, so that distance is still 20 feet ahead of the party. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Zinhorn in bristled, more bounder form is going to use his standing leap. Yep. Which, uh, the long jump up to 40 feet. The distance and height of 20 feet. Yep. Without running. So you get to catch, you get. So you're just going to use that very well. Go ahead. And roll. Then, you may roll to hit him. So I was able to catch up to him and just. Yep. Where? Yep. You run bounding towards him and you leap, closing the distance between yourself and him, and then you attack him, trying to pin him to the ground. Alright, so that is a 17 for the first. That is a hit. Roll your damage. And that is uh, 8 plus 4 is 12 points of damage. Yep, and then you get your second attack, I believe. Yes. That is a... Whoops, almost looked on the table. That is a 15 to hit. 15 to hit tear into his flesh, he screams and then kicks out and hits you with the flat of his sword, knocking you off him. And as soon as he's on his feet, he's running again. He's only able to gain 10 feet, however, so he's 10 feet between him and the party. And I need you to roll a d10 for me, Zinhorn. D10. That's a 12. That's a 10. That's a 10. Okay. uh, 7. I was saying I was about to pick up 7. Yep. He rounds a corner to the right and you barrel after him, charging on all fours. You run into a street brawl in progress outside of a tavern. The people who are fighting are shouting, That's my Sir Lucian! That's my Sir Lucian signed picture! No, it's mine! You stole it from me! Give it back! And they're punching gone. I need you to make either an athletics, acrobatics, or intimidation check to get past brawlers unimpeded. <laughs> uh, shit. So, athletics, acrobatics, or intimidation. Yep. That is a uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Sorry. 17 on athletics. On athletics. So, you see the two crowds of people charging at each other, fists flailing, and you just keep charging through, knocking all of the men off their feet as you continue pounding down the road. Stop, 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 after your quarry. Okay. With my bladed bladed hide, anyone I sort of run into just gets a little bit of a... When you, when you clear the fight, you see uh, everyone, you glance behind over your shoulder and you just see everyone lying on the ground. And you see a piece of paper floating in the air with a picture of Sir Lucian on it. And uh, it drifts down in front of you. And then you charge 
You charge over the top of it, smushing it down into the mud, and behind you, you just hear all the men shout at unison, No! Uh, it is Bulb. chuckles. Zidhorn chuckles. It is Bulb's turn. How far away from Bulb is he? Uh, he's about 10 feet from the party now. Because assuming, like, when it's not your turn, I'm assuming you're still running after it. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any civilians within five feet of him? Uh, probably. Well, shit. Because he's, like, charging through the market district. Well, that's annoying. What kind of armor is he wearing? Uh, leather. Black Damn leather it. armor. Uh, okay, okay. You're really limiting my options here. Bah. Um, you wanna just dash and catch up to him? So the next turn, you could try to pin him or something. Uh, I'm just looking up a spell, actually. Cause what I was gonna do was I was going to lightning, call lightning at sixth level at him. Jesus. Uh, that would it definitely would... kill so many civilians. It would. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good way to get your entire guild shut down. Plus, yeah. don't we want to keep this guy alive so we can figure out where they're coming from? Or am I the only one that's interested in that? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but we don't know where they're from in this. Yeah, probably the guy that we killed his um, thingamajig. Uh, the um, clone of him, not the. Oh, man, um, yeah. yeah, well, you could be yeah. in is ordering them to come and kill you, but... Uh, I'd still like to know. Okay, uh, I'm just going to cast Entangle. Yep, alright. <laughs> Entangle. Um, alright, so you shoot out some grasping weeds and vines, oh, and they grab him, and he's going to attempt to make a strength save. He rolled a 12, and so he's unable to break free as the vines wrap around him, and the people around him begin to scream, running and fleeing from the grabbing vines. You're able yeah. to close the distance on him, but I need you to roll a d10 for me, please. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, okay, uh, depending on what happens, I have something else that I would like to do as my bonus action. Uh, that's a five. A five? You sprint after him, ready to close the distance, and then you notice that the ground beneath your feet is slippery with spilled oil. Tipped I'm gonna put out a, my vines. Tipped from a tipped from a large jug next to a market stall. You need to make a DC ten deck saving throw. And how would you like to do this? Uh, can I use my Grasping Roots ability? Yes, you can, in which case you get advantage. Okay, cool. Uh, where's my other d20? Uh, the, hey, that was two nines that I rolled, so that's nine plus, did you say dex? dex. Or? Yeah, dex, it's a dex save. Dex, oh, it's a dex save, so that's an eleven. Yeah. So because of my armor, you feel your you feel your feet giving way as you slip on the spilled oil. But then you call up the grasping roots; they wrap around your feet, holding you up, and you charge through the puddle of oil until you break through on the other side. What would you like to do 
you had a bonus action, you said? Yeah, uh, I'm going to activate my hidden step. Yep. Uh, I can magically turn invisible until the start of my next turn. Very well. Or attack. Or make a action, basically. Yep, and then you turn invisible. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. Uh, Bobbit, okay, so this guy... the quarry huh? is 10 feet away from you, but he is not going to be moving. So you could try to close the distance or anything else you'd like to do. Um, well, if he's not moving and he's not going anywhere, Bobbit will ask Keeper to help restrain this guy because Bobbit would like to close the distance and then try and talk to him for a little bit. Yep, so Bobbit, if he's not please, going anywhere, please roll a d10 for me. Okay, that's uh, a 10. That's a 10, very well. Okay, as you rush towards him, a throng of uh, passes by come running towards you screaming and you're forced to make a sharp turn to avoid colliding with them please make a dc 10 deck save then people move uh, and... uh that's a 14 14 so you dodge and weave past them and then continue sprinting running over bulbs grasping vines and you reach down grab hold of the man's shoulder as keeper comes shuffling up behind you and simply opens his mouth letting out a groan as he falls forwards on top of the man pinning him with his body <laughs> the man struggles under the weight of keeper and under the grasping vines and you can hear him going ah, get this off me help what do you do as everyone else catches up and stands hmm. beside you. Hmm. Oh, but it's just gonna lean down over the man who I'm guessing is just looking up because he can't really do anything else going. Ah, wonderful. Thank you for the free exercise. Always nice to get a good workout in on a holiday. Now, do we want to answer some questions or are we just going to sit there and have a bad day? You hear the, the man struggles, everyone else. Everyone else, you could just see you could just see the shadow, you could just see the black armor struggling under the vines and under Keeper, and you could hear the man going, mm, uh, uh, and then he just spits out, okay, whatever, please, anything. Um, <laughs> while uh, Bobbit is interrogating him, while I'm invisible, I'm going to use my vines to climb a wall, get on the roof and keep a lookout to see if there were any other assassins because he had to have been calling to someone. Yes. Okay, so I'd like you to please make a perception check, please, Bulb, and I will take note of what you get. What dust do I want to use this one will do? Uh, that is... what is my perception? Uh, a 15. 15, okay, I'll make a note of that as you yep. hoist, use your vines to pull you up onto a nearby roof and just survey the area. An entire market square now in ruins because of the vines and roofs grasping everywhere, having tipped over market stalls and barrels and goods scattered everywhere. Um, so, Bobbin, what do you say to the man? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, unless my... Um... Memory on has in Taran's work. Usually, if someone's captured, you're not probably not long for this world, as this would probably be considered absolute horrid failure. So let's start the questions from the top. 
What possessed you to attack us in the middle of broad daylight? The man struggles. The man struggles and then Taper thumps a hammy fist into the man's chest. He says, as you hear the thump, and he says, Orders to kill Emerald Enclave before gang war can break out and... ah! Ah, yes, no, I can see how that would be a problem. But... Hmm, what to ask, what to ask. Oh, um, did these orders come from Waterdeep, or did they come from here? The man struggles. Keeper thumps him again, and he screams, and then he says, uh, Orders from Waterdeep sent, sent by Man Shun to the cell in... Ed- in the abandoned house on the edge of the market district, Alessander uh, 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 <laughs> well, Street. Yeah. So what street? Alessander Street. Oh, <laughs> do you hear them? Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, do you hear that, Alessander? They named a street after you. Uh, well, that that's quite pleasing. But that also takes care of our next question. Wonderful. See what happens when we cooperate. Isn't this Says lovely? The man. Can- can I go now? Keeper just... Keeper no, just scratches no, 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 his no, head no, no, Just put... Yeah. Just... Yeah, put your hand on going... Yeah. Just looking going, well... You still have a few questions. How many more of you are there? We'd like a nice, uh, accurate number before we go and pay them a visit. It's not every day someone tries a daylight assassination, so we have to go pay our respects. <laughs> Eight, nine more! Mm-hmm. Plus our leader, ah, ah, please, can I go? And Keeper just looks at you with an uncertain look on his face mm. and his mouth and goes, uh? <laughs> Hmm. Well, I don't know, I suppose. Well, who exactly were your targets? I know you said just the Emerald Enclave members, but were there anyone specifics? Uh, Archdruids! Uh, cut the mm-hmm. head! Off the snake, and uh, the body shall die! <laughs> oh, oh, what a lovely analogy, and how appropriate. Hmm. I'll simply turn and look to my Lucian and Zinhorn going. Is there anything else we need to ask? Hmm? Any, any suggestions? Got an address, numbers. Ooh, that's a, actually, no, that's a good idea. Let's try that one. Um... Is this an abandoned place? Does it have more than one way to get in, just in case you try anything sneaking? And the man, uh, the man mm. groans, and then he says, There's another entrance through the cellar, but be careful! Our mage put a golem down there! Ooh, what kind? He's ah. just making his way around. The man the just head. screams, but the man just screams, and then he falls limp, and Keeper looks at you and shrugs as if to say, I didn't do it. But then you. Yeah, Keeper just shrugs as if to say, I didn't do it. And the man has passed out from the stress. That's no fun. What good is having a captive if you can't keep him awake, for God's sake? Well, he's unconscious. Any suggestions? Uh, I'm just dead. Uh, uh, we'll start poking him to see him, slapping him to see if we can rouse him back up. 
Come on. He groans a couple times but doesn't move. And then after a <sighs> after a few more minutes of this, you see two armed Portnianzaru guards appear and um they That's lift rude. him up between them and say they lift him up, hold him between them, and one of them just says, We will take him into custody. Thank you for your assistance. Just make sure to keep him bound. He's Ultimately going to have someone try to help break him out at some point. We will ensure he is not able to see the light of day again, says the guard with a sinister smile as they oh. carry the unconscious man out of the ruined oh. marketplace. Wonderful. Bye-bye. So you get a short rest. Excellent. Ooh. Lovely. I need that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to come back down and find a patch of grass and extend my roots while I have my short rest. rest. Very well. Hmm. Which means I get an extra D6 of healing. You do. And don't need to eat for the day. Oh, that's really well, useful. Yeah. Uh, while people resting, both just go sit there and go, well, that was informative. Look at us go. Working is in three months off. It hasn't doesn't even feel like it's been a day. We have their <laughs> location, numbers, apparent secret entrance, and apparently has something protecting it. So, what's the plan? Is there a plan? Do we need a plan? Um, I have a plan. Uh, hold on. I actually need to look at something oh fertile yeah. earth of course that would fuck me over <laughs> uh. so you spend a few minutes to catch your breath and then knowing that time is of the essence that you only have maybe hours before the zentarum decide to either strike again or flee you make your way to alessander street on the edge of the market district and find yourself find yourselves across the street from the two-story house that you were directed to that serves as their hideout. Bulb hoists himself up onto the nearby roofs and surveys the area. And with your 15 in perception, Bulb, you were able to... How tall are the buildings? Uh, about 30 feet, at least... Yeah, about 30 feet or so. Um, uh, so, Bulb, you come down and you tell the rest of the party that surveying the area, you identified multiple way, multiple means of entry into the building. The first being the front door. However, you can see, you did see a single guard standing at attention in front of the front door. At the back of the house, you saw a set of stairs leading down to an underground cellar. Alternatively, there are glass windows along the northernmost wall of the first floor. Or, if you are so inclined, you could find a way to climb up to the second floor and break in through any of the windows that overlooks the street. The windows, from what you can see, appear to be made of glass, and as the building has not been inhabited for quite some time, they still appear to be unlocked. 
Hmm. Hmm. I have a plan, and it, it's... I'm going to be completely honest. It's just me wanting to do something that will be incredibly funny if it works. That sounds familiar. I had something else. I had something similar <laughs> in mind. But go ahead. We'll share notes. Mine depends on if the cellar is dirt floor or actually... Oh. Well, you can You were able to tell when you were up on the roof surveying the site that the staircase that leads down, the, there is a patch of dirt at the bottom of it in front of the door leading to the cellar. It does look like just an earth floor, but you can't speak for the <laughs> inside of the cellar. That being said, pull up a couple of floorboards and all of a sudden, mm. well, hey. Yeah. Um... So I want to go into the cellar and then make a big signal for you guys to come running in. Okay. <laughs> but I find something similar um, for the front for the front of the place, but you you go first. Well, Zinhorn in his current form can has a seventy foot speed. So uh, yeah. what now? Does your does your wild shape persist through a short rest? Um, it's, it's five yeah. hours. Well, short rest is actually 10 minutes for us yeah yeah so world shape you can stay in your b shape oh, for yeah five yeah hours so yeah 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 so 10 minutes yeah no you're still in the b shape and has everyone spent their hit dice and everything that they need yeah, yeah. so Lucian, um, did you spend your hit dice to get back to full health oh yeah he did okay so what are you guys doing yeah go ahead talk about your plans I just realised there's a major flaw to my plan, but I kind of don't mm. care. What is the major oh. flaw? Uh, so, what I want to do is I want to go down, expose some earth, plant my staff, and create a 60-foot-tall tree in the middle of the damn building. I like. And so it, it would just... grow? Yeah, have it immediately grow through the middle of the building and just destroy the building. <laughs> because he did say it was an abandoned house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no one's really going to miss it. The only problem is my second part of my plan was to immediately use the bonus action to reduce my staff back to my staff. But then the building's going to fall on my head. Yeah, well... Probably. Well, the building will fall... <laughs> I'm glad we're all in the, in the same. Pardon, sorry? The building will fall, but you'll be in the cellar. That's true, but the tree will go straight through the floor. Yeah, it will, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm just happy that everyone is I'm the just happy that yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that everyone else's plan so far also involves wanton property destruction because well, if you guys need a if you guys need a distraction to get into the basement completely unharmed I, I already have a plan in mind I'm just a reinforcement for when something eventually goes bad yeah. Yeah, I was going to wild shape into a spider go behind everybody so I hopefully don't get noticed turn back into me destroy the place and then you guys can come in and clean up whatever happens when they fall to the ground but um I wonder if I'll survive a house falling on me I don't know uh, do I get you my wild shapes back at a short rest do I get them back I can't remember uh, uh, wild shapes they come back he uh, after a long rest, I believe. A long rest? Are we at the front of this building or at the back? Where are we? You're at the... Well, 
that's just where I put the tokens, but you're uh, okay. you're just standing across the street from it. You can approach from the I'm back. Question, is there like any small barrels lying around that aren't being used? Um, yeah, there's a couple lying in the street. Oh, well, we're setting up a plan. Um, I'm going to go and grab a small one. I get my expended uses back after a short rest. Short rest, yeah. Yeah. So, well then. So, so Lucian, you spent two of your hit dice and you're back at full health. Yeah, so while plans are being discussed on tree planting and whatnot, Bob is just going to, Bob and Alessandra are going to get like a small barrel, probably something like, yeah, maybe like knee height, just sort of bring it back over to the rest of the group. Yep. Thanks. So, do you I mean, guys want to just. Uh, you don't all have to that? go through the same entrance. I'm, oh, no. I yeah. wasn't planning on going through the cellar, but Bob was looking at the rest of them going, so. Do we want this building to still be standing by the time we're done, or do we just want to pretty much just hammer down the fact that these people need to go? We we can get rid of these ones, right? Yes? I believe so. Yeah, I don't ah. hear any, um... <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So you what's your plan to... before? <laughs> oh, um, well, we're looking at the uh, fun inventory stuff that I haven't used because I don't know why. I noticed I had eight bags of black powder just sort of in my inventory. So, uh, everyone remember the Zoblog principle? Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna fill a barrel full of black powder and throw a, a beat of fireball in yeah. and just lob it at the building. <laughs> Bulby's just backing away because yeah, Zinhorn has no idea. Oh, so how about? <laughs> so how about? And, as soon as you yeah. say black powder, Zinhorn backs up. <laughs> and I'm sure. How about? And I'm sure Sir Lucian will find this amusing. Uh, as, you get on Sir Lucian's carpet, take it up to the second floor, and throw the barrel through a second floor window. I mean, no, no, I no, actually... So that way they have something oh, no, happening I, at the very bottom I, I, I know, oh, no, 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 I have a better idea. There's yeah. buildings across the street from this thing, correct? Yes. And the buildings uh, would be, like, level with the second story, yes? Some of them, yes, depending on whether they're cool. two or one or two or three mm -hmm. stories. Well, are, there, are there any that are, like, you know, across the street that are, like, have access, that are, like, across from the second story? Yeah, there are. Okay, how far does my grappling hook go? We'll say 30 feet. Okay, so would that be enough to get me on top of one of these buildings? Uh, yes, it would, actually. Wonderful. Bobbit's going to scoop the barrel up under one arm and just look up the roof across there, that werewolf that's behind us, that's across the street from this house going, so you guys go do what you're planning. Um, I'm going to be on the roof getting ready with mine. Um, feel free to keep... Oh, keep... Hmm. Do you guys want to take Keeper with you? He's pretty good at following instructions. It really depends on, uh, on what you want here. I can't exactly carry him up with me, though. Yeah. I haven't got... Yeah. Uh, Hall can't give instructions right now. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why I'm See, asking Bolt. Seeing, um, seeing you with a barrel, I'm not going anywhere near the house anymore. <laughs> I'm going to stand outside, and if anyone comes running out, I'm going to be prepared to cast oh. Wall of Thorns. Well, fair enough, fair enough. All right, keep it. Stay put with the others. Mummy's right. going to be right back. You see her drop the, um... <laughs> yeah, just drop the, uh, the uh, take the mask off her face. And you see her in her actual UNT form, pretty much same clothes as she's normally been wearing. It looks a little bit more ragged in the last couple of months because she's been kind of working nonstop. And then just the uh, lovely new arm that she has which looks like it's been 
literally built out of pieces out of what Keepy used to be made out of. Just looks and goes, just puts her right arm straight up and goes, back in the tick, and you just watch as the the hand itself shoots up with a cable attached to it, grabs onto the roof, and then just starts dragging her up to the uh, to the roof of the, the house. So, Alessandra, I'd like you to make an acrobatics check, please. See, no one's going to be on the opposite side of the building to fire. 16. Yep. 16. So, yeah, you shoot out your grappling hook. It sails across the street, digs into the roof of the abandoned house. No, 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 not the abandoned house. I mean, the one that's, oh, that we're opposite. in front of. Yeah, on okay. the outside of the yeah, street. Yeah, all right. So, you're just up on yeah. the roof. Oh, yep. as, as she's going up, she's going, um, you don't mind if I have a quick word with them before we get started, do you? Sure, you'll be fine with that. Just, just be ready. This is going to get interesting. Uh, Zinborn and Sir Lucian, do you guys have any plans? Please, please make preparations as need be, because... Zinborn's going to be on the opposite side of the building to Bulb. Yep. Getting ready to do his standing leap to... And use his 70 feet on top of that to make sure no one gets away. Yep. Yeah. Does anyone want to like maybe keep an eye on the cellar just in case they try to run out of there? Because we know that they have well, that as an option. I'm going to try and get to a vantage point where I can see both first floor entries. Also, the basement floor and the front entry where the guardsman is. Yep. And if anyone runs out, I want to cast Wall of Thorns in front of them. From. Okay. Yep. Uh, so Lucian, what would you like to do? Do you have a plan? Uh, yeah, I want to be an asshole. Uh, can I take my adamantine or actually gel it or something that's nice and sticky and jam it between the doors of the um between the hinges of the cellar door? Ooh, yeah, I like that. You have to go with hmm. yeah. So you go with bulb. Well, you you head up onto the roof with bulb, but then you summon your flying carpet. And you have it deposit both you and Keeper at the back of the building. And you head down and you take your adamantine greatsword and you just wedge it into the bolt on the cellar door, uh, fixing it in place. If anyone tries to break out from there, they're going to have a hard Dear time. Dear God, this is, this is going, going to be to die inside. Yes. <laughs> And so you've all taken your positions. I believe, mm-hmm. Bobbit, you are ready to mm-hmm. begin just, your negotiations. Just, yeah, Bobbit's just pouring all the black powder into the uh, into the barrel, make sure it's corked nice and tight. We'll make a... Just leave the fireball part until the beta fireball, until we get right to the point. Uh, we'll tap at her throat with her, uh, with her right hand and cast Thaumaturgy on herself to enhance her voice by up to three times. Yep, then what do you do? Just, just, uh, just casually cracks the knuckle and just goes, <clears throat> Good afternoons and greetings, members of the Choltian branch of the Zentaran Guild. How are we having a nice day today? We ran into a couple of your friends down the street. Sadly, due to some discrepancies, they won't be joining the rest of you for the rest of their lives. But do not worry. We are feeling slightly merciful and are going to give you a chance to surrender entirely merciful and painlessly if you only just drop everything you're doing and surrender at once. What do you say? Please make an intimidation check as you all hear Bobbit's voice just booming over around 
booming throughout the streets. A couple passers-by even stop and just start murmuring amongst themselves as they hear this. Yeah, yeah it's probably uh, you guys do might want to consider. Uh, 25. 25. Oh. There is silence for about the next 20 seconds. And I was a player really giving him a chance to actually answer, but yeah, oh, sure. You okay, yeah, you're, like you're literally right. waits for like three seconds and then goes, actually, you know, just has like Alessandra's voice goes, Bobbit, are we really doing this? No, oh, no, no, you know what? You've got a point. You've got a point. Actually, yeah, sorry about that. Changed our minds. Um, You're all kind of a bunch of pain in the asses, so we're just going to establish killing all of you now because seriously, <laughs> we try and get one day off for the first time in three months and now I'm getting stabbed in the middle of a marketplace. Kind of rude. Uh, People might want to clear the streets and... uh. Oh, what the hey? Just gets the beat of fireball, puts it in, just goes, um, block your ears and cast catapult on the barrel, and it Ooh. just sails across the, the the street and directly through the second story window. Okay, which window would you like? There's these two, this one here, or these two? Um, might take the these two here. Lovely. Okay. So and just, yeah, fires up and Make a ranged spell attack with your catapult. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, catapult is literally okay, right. it wherever I'm fighting. It goes 90 feet, and if any, if there's anything in its path, they have to make a deck save. Other than that, it's just it's just going to get destroyed the second it hits something, which will set off the, uh, well, literally everything. So, yeah, yep. just... So my as... We can have a suggestion. Run. As you go to fling... As you cast catapult and the barrel begins to fling across the street you hear a thaumaturgically magnified voice emanate from the house it gets off about the first five words of the sentence never surrender peacefully and the hostages will crash you hear the sound of crashing glass and then boom i would like you to please roll uh, damage for, so one bead plus the black powder. I'd like you to roll damage for, let's say, a fifth level fireball. How much is that? Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see, let's see. Third level is 66, that would be 8? Yeah, 8d6. We forgot the reconnaissance. <laughs> yeah, you just, it, it bolts. I'm sorry, just... I wasn't, I wasn't here for making reconnaissance. <laughs> Surrender and the hostages. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Feels so much weaker than it should be. Are you sure that's? Wait, no, no. Wait, let me wait, see. No. Fireball is. That doesn't fireball. feel. That doesn't no, feel right. That levels, doesn't feel right. Damage increases by one d six, so it is ten d six. It's eight d six. Oh, ten d six. Okay, yeah. let's try that again then. Sorry, just disregard that one. Ten. Six and yeah, in my defense, I wasn't here to make reconnaissance. We're here to <laughs> deal with the problem. Alice Literally, cut the head of the snake. Remember, what was what was that last part? Alessandra's lawful evil. Remember, she didn't care about hostages. <laughs> yeah, Bobbit was just annoyed with his entire, and Alessandra just wants them fucking gone. And yeah, as thirty-nine points of, of damage in a lovely thirty-foot radius. Okay, so let me count That's up the number. Feet. Yep. How so, many people did I just fucking murder? So the barrel smashes through the second floor window, and then you just hear a big bang 
gas, a huge chunk of the second floor is blasted away, and all four Zentarum on the upper level take the damage. Let me work out who is still alive. Uh, everyone is still alive, but someone took a, yeah. Everyone is still alive, but they all took a lot of damage. So go ahead, please roll for initiative. Okay. Oh wait, you did kill. You did kill a thug. Hey, you just, there we you go. just, you see a man just flung through the front of the building, screaming, "Ah!" Flat lands in the middle of the street. Huh. Wait, what did he say about hot? Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that's a 17 for Bullet and Alessander. I got a soft 20. And also, you're also you kill four commoners, but you do there haven't seen go. that yet. <laughs> uh, so yep, 17 for Alessander. Soft 20 for Bob. Soft 20 for Bob. 18. 18 Zidhorn and yeah, 18 for Lucy. Okay. Oh, 17, sorry. Oh, 17, okay. So, uh, Bolt, you get to go first. What would you like to do? Bolt overheard that thing about the hostages um, and starts berating himself for forgetting about potential hostages and who we're dealing with. Uh... Are there any windows that I can see at the moment? Uh, yes. Um, you can see... Well, actually, you're on the south, so... Actually, no, you can't see through any of the windows. But you can see okay. two entrances. Yeah, uh... What is this little... Uh, that's, is this like a door? That's a chimney. That's a that's chimney. chimney, okay. Yeah. Um... If I go to the front door, I'm gonna have to deal with that guy. But Zinhorn's there, he can probably deal with that guy. Um, not gonna lie, didn't exactly see what was gonna happen after this. Um, I am going to conjure eight wolves. Yep. Oh, look, another token I already had. <laughs> <laughs> With the orders of. Seek out non-hostiles and protect. Yep. So the eight. If, if any of them are still alive. The I apologise for nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. We didn't search either. <laughs> at the end of your turn, the eight wolves charge across the street towards the front door, and they engage with the mercenary who's guarding there, trying to break okay. inside. Well, mercenary, have fun with eight wolves. Yep, so <laughs> they're all going to get advantage. So let me see how many hits. Yeah, because I think even one of us alone would have problems with eight wolves. Well, except for Lucian. They yeah, can't hit fucking Lucian. But... Um, okay, three, four, five, six. <laughs> six of the wolves hit. <laughs> so that is... Mm. 12, 18, 22, 28, oh. 25 you know, points of damage to mercenary number one. 
Tuckles mm. just leap at him. He's trying to fight them off. Okay, it is the first uh, round of enemies turn. So I'm going to reveal the... Oh, uh, sorry, and for my bonus action, I activate my thorn shape. Right, you activate your thorn shape. Okay, so Bobbit can now see into the wind, see into the room that she blasted aside. Inside <laughs> is the Zentaru Mastermind. And oh. a bounty hunter. Hello! So the Mastermind is going to... Uh, so first, as a bonus action, he's going to use his cunning insight. As a bonus action, the Mastermind chooses a target it can see. And mm -hmm. then gives itself and up to three creatures, up to three creatures of its choice advantage on ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws made against the target. Excuse you. You know, I, I probably, I probably deserve that. And then he is going to, uh, as he doesn't have a range attack at the moment, he is going to hide. He's going to hide. Um, Bobbit, you're the only one who can see him, so I would like you to roll perception, please. Oh, God, why? Yeah, 11. Okay, so his stealth of 30. He ducks under, <laughs> ducks behind uh, a badly made bed. I was going to say, is anything actually even left in that room? Because anything that wasn't killed should be on fire. Yeah, at this it's just point. on fire and there's rubble, but he could still hide. Um, yeah. Okay, so, uh, taken a turn. Okay, so Bounty Hunter 2 runs to the window that you flung the catapult to, and he raises his light crossbow, and he's gonna use, uh, and he's got advantage against you. So that is a 24 to hit. Yeah. And because of his assassinate ability, any attack yeah. he hits you with is a critical hit. So you take, uh, with his plus one crossbow, uh, ah, damn, 16 points of piercing damage. Rude. Um, Back. Did I miss anything attacking And also, me? because he had advantage against you, his sneak attack activates. You take ah. 20 points of damage. Okay, that's... Ow. Well, you deserve that. Oh, wait. <laughs> Mercenary 3, who is on the level. Uh, runs somewhere else. Mage number three bursts into the room, takes up position at the other window, and casts... Uh, let us see what spells he has. He calls out, Two can play at that game! And he casts Fireball at... And Counterspell. Counterspell. <laughs> And then he uses his reaction to cast Counterspell. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Take and a joke! I don't have, have, have Counterspell. Yeah. yeah. Take a joke! So the fireball goes off. Wait, this... Oh, shit. This is actually going to destroy the building I'm on now. Yes. Oops. I need you to please make a deck save, and you get disadvantage because of the Mastermind's coming inside. Oh. Oh, that's... That's, that's, that's lovely. That's a rogue subclass as well, Mastermind. And I'm guessing magic resistance isn't going to help on an well, AoE attack. Ah, uh, no. 
Well, actually, right, so your magic since I, have mag I have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Oh yeah, you do. So it's just going to be a normal. Instead of giving advantage, it's going to be normal. Uh, that is a dex. You said a soft twenty. Soft twenty. Okay. You take thirteen points of fire damage as boom, the building you are standing on explodes. <laughs> There are also three commoners caught in the blast, and they burn and go down. Um, Bobbitt, the building you are on... Sorry, none of this is on the maps. This is all theater of the yeah, lines. But Bobbitt, yep. the building you are on begins to collapse as the flames tear through it. I need you to make a deck save. And with your okay. grappling hook, you may do it with advantage. You're supposed to hear Bobbitt at this point going, okay, did not think this part of the plan through. Why did everyone let me into this plan? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. You reach out your grappling hook aiming at a nearby building, but you are too slow. The foundation uh, of the building you're on gives out, and then you find yourself falling through the air. You take... Four points of bludgeoning damage as you land out in the middle of the street. Ow, ow, ow. Ow. Okay, Hi, the rest of the enemies. Okay, Mercenary 2 comes running out the front door, and he's going to attack... Actually, he's going to run... Yeah, he's going to attack the wolves. So he makes three melee attacks against the wolves. The first one is a hit. He deals 19 points of damage, kills a wolf. Goes in for his second attack, that's an 18. Deals another 19 points of damage, kills a wolf, goes in for his third attack, that is a 26. Deals 21 points of damage, three wolves are killed. And they yelp as they go down, leaving five wolves. Mercenary 1 is going to repeat what his friends did. He makes three attacks against the wolves. Two of them hit. He deals 11 points of damage and 13 points of damage, so he kills two wolves, leaving three of them left. Then, uh, mage number two opens the first floor window and casts a fireball at Bobbin in the middle of the street. I can't even try to count this. Okay, so this, this plan one has... you get advantage at. This mage didn't have the cunning inside. Okay, well that's that's fun. <laughs> that's <on> nineteen. <laughs> Yay! This plan worked really well. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> Ow. Okay, so that's that's a nineteen. Nineteen. So that's a pass. However, it is still eight d six of damage. Um, this is going to hurt, isn't it? Let's see. Still a fireball, so... Boom! You take 13 points of fire damage. Three more commoners are caught in the blast, and the rest of the uh, locals begin to scream and disperse. Their brightly coloured clothing combining into a rainbow throng that just begins to swirl up and down the street as they run and panic. Uh, I we have lost. May have fucked up. I have lost a significant portion of health. This okay. plan has horribly gone horribly wrong. The back door bursts open. 
bounty hunter one comes running out. Bulb, do you have a reaction? Uh, no, because I've had my turn, I didn't. Yep. I so didn't he's going to attack Sir Lucian. I think this guy's fucked anyway. Yeah, he's, I think he is. <laughs> Look at he ran out on. He's, he's yeah. running to Sir Lucian and a fucking flesh golem. Have yep. fun with that. So he's going to attack Sir Lucian with his hunting bolus. And he gets advantage because of his assassinate ability. Uh, that is a 23. He hits Sir Lucian. Oh dear. Sir Lucian takes six points of bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone and restrained. Rude. Then, uh, he's going to step down and make room for Mage number one, who bursts out of the back door. Mage one immediately sees Keeper at Sir Lucian and screams, runs back into the building. Oh no. Would that be an attack of opportunity? Yeah, from if he Keeper. Turns around Sir... and goes to run. Yeah, <laughs> from Keeper at Sir Lucian. So Keeper will go first. So Keeper, Keeper just goes and reaches out with an attack. Mm. That is a 20, so Keeper hits him for 16 points of bludgeoning damage, and Sir Lucian, you also get an attack of opportunity. Uh, I think he said he'll be right back before. Oh, yep, so I'll roll for him. Before. That is also a hit, and that is 10 <laughs> points of damage. The mage casts Fireball out the back door. Oh, god damn it! No! So Keeper is going to roll his deck save. Where, where about Keeper nap wand. Oh no! My boy doesn't like fire! Keeper nap wand. So Lucian is going to roll. So Lucian rolled an 8, so Lucian failed. The bounty hunter is going to roll. He passed with a 16. Fuck off. So here comes the damage. How far away did he cast it? Uh, he's, I'm pretty sure he's fucked. He's if, standing mm. here. Yeah, but that's uh, still okay. going to hit like, the inside of the building if he's it casting is. at them directly. It is. But that's not going <laughs> to damage him. The building is already <laughs> on fire. What does it matter if he adds to it? Well, the that's last hit the people above him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh... The Bounty Hunter takes 15 points of fire damage, so Lucian takes 31, and Keeper takes 62. <laughs> I'm rolling a d6, that is a 6, Keeper roars, as he goes berserk. Oh <laughs> no. Okay, no, so that's, that is... that's bad. That's Why is really that everything you make has a downside? <laughs> That is it for I'm that. I'm fucking Aceract, okay? I can't make this shit perfectly. I spent a month reverse engineering a goddamn flesh golem. That is it for that, this uh, that is it for that round of enemies. No! It's now Sinhorn's turn. <laughs> Funny so building this son of a bitch, reverse engineering something that Aceract uses an entire fucking alternative dimension just to power. Well, that in a month with a basement. You respect Keeper. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't Sorry. disrespecting just Keeper. <laughs> Don't disrespect my So Zinhorn, you're up. What would you like to do? So I'm guessing the first blast in the top floor blew out the wall. It did, yep. So you can leap up into the second floor if you want. 
I do wish to leap up. Yep. Side of the two. Yep, so you leap up onto the second floor in front of the bounty hunter. So I want to sort of get sort of here-ish. Yep. And Run then there. Going to get out of more bounder form. Yep. Using bonus action. And then going to cast a wait, what level is this? Uh a third level thunder wave, trying to knock them both out the ball. Yep. Uh, the gap. Very well. And as you enter this floor, I'd like you to quickly make a perception check, please. That is a 15 plus 9, so it's a 24. Yep, so you do not detect the mastermind. Alright, so go ahead, cast your spell. Now uh, they need to do a con save. Yep. Alright, Bounty Hunter's gonna make one. Bounty Hunter got 18. The Mage got 15. So the Mage is sent flying out the wall? Yep, the Mage goes flying. Ah! Splat! The Mage is killed. Only had a little bit of HP left. And then that is a 10 and a 6 is 16 points of damage to the bounty hunter yep yep very well okay it is now uh sir lucian's turn and sir lucian is going to raise his sword and lay into bounty hunter one he makes three attacks and all three of them hit so he deals Out. He deals 42 points of damage to the Bounty Hunter, and then he's going okay. to uh, spend one of his superiority dice to add a precision attack, deal an extra 6 points of damage, so that is 48 points of damage to Bounty Hunter 1. The third group of enemies is about to make its move. You hear clattering coming from the door leading to the cellar, but whatever's in there is unable to break out as it ends its turn. It is Bobbit's turn. Okay, so... The, so bone, this... the bone golem that's in the basement is unable to get out. Well, that's handy. I'm happy to hear that part. Um, I'm not going to lie. A lot of factors into this plan were not considered before we started. Oh, I still have Thermaturgy on me, don't I? I do. That's useful. Have I no, have I heard Keeper roaring out and saying like he's in pain? Yeah, so go heard, with, you just heard a big Because yeah, I kind of need to stop the berserking because, yeah. Uh, where are we? Otherwise he's going to pound Lucian. Yeah, the Golem's creator if within 60 feet, which I believe I am if I'm... Yeah, you are. Within 60 feet? Yep. Cool. Can try uh, to calm it by speaking firmly. In 60 feet, the Berserk Golem can try to calm it by speaking firmly persuasively. The Golem must be able to hear its creator who must take an action. Is it me who's taking an action? Or yeah, you're taking the Golem? an action. You're taking an action to try to calm it. Well, yeah, I kind of have to, considering Keeper's directly next to Solution and will start beating the shit out of him if I don't. So, yeah, I'm going to do that because everything kind of hurts at the moment. Just, yeah, yell out going, Keep it, sweetie, please don't beat up anyone we don't want to. Just, just the bad people. 
Please. Please make a persuade check. Okay. Okay, that's a, that's a 25. That's a 25. Keeper is calmed down. And then at the end of your turn, Keeper attacks the bounty hunter in front of him, roaring. He makes two like slam more, attacks. Yep. Kind of glad I'm not doing anything else right now, because seriously, getting blown up by two fireballs and falling from a building, I'm kind of messed up right now. He has two slam mm. attacks. He gets disadvantage on the first because he got hit by a yeah. fireball. But that is Understandably. still an 18, so he still hits it. And that is 14 points of damage. He then goes in for his second and only rolls a 12, unfortunately. So he's unable to hit the uh, bounty hunter again. Oh, buddy. Okay. It is now Bulb's turn. Um... Bulb's going to go to the right, because yep. that's the way his wolves went. Yep. So you leap off the building, uh, land in the front, land in front of the abandoned house, and begin yep. to run towards the front entrance. Yep. Um. Uh, not within melee range just yep, yet. Not within melee range. Yeah. Um. I would say probably here, so I can see the yep, two mercenaries. Two mercenaries. Yep. Now, as they're mercenaries, they would be wearing metal, wouldn't they? They are indeed. Wearing, oh, I'm not wearing this light armor. Yeah. Uh, I just got to look up what higher levels of this spell do. Okay, so I can't cast it at multiple people. Uh, uh, but there's an action which means I won't get to attack. I need to sp uh, I don't get sorcery points back at a short rest, it has to be a long rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonus action, I'm going to say Vomit, so that my yep. shield activates it again, because I just remember that that deactivated. Um... Can I see the mage? Ah, uh, yes you can. You see the mage on the other side of the door, the doors are wide open. I'm going to cast Grasping Vine right here. Yep, to grab the mage. To grab the mage and pull him to right in front of me. Yep, so the mage, does he need to make a save? Uh, I do have Grasping Vine up. I did have Grasping Vine I do have Grasping Vine up. Uh, dexterity saving throw. Yep, so the mage is going to make a dex save right now. And that is a 17. Ah, oh, that meets it. You send out a grasping vine and the mage ducks. The vine sails just over his head. Okay, well, I still have the grasp. The grasping vine is still out. Yep. For, and while I have... Uh, oh, wait, sorry, that was a bonus action. Yeah, it was. So you still have your actual action. Uh, no, but I activated my shield. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, so that's it. You're done. Uh, can I just, yeah, can yeah. I just say that I cast that as my action? Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So the vine is there for another minute as long as I keep concentration. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go to the first round of enemies. 
the mastermind sneaks up behind Zinhorn and as he rises, he raises his weapon, strokes his beard and says, You will die now, Archdruid. And first of all, he's going to roll his recharge to see if he gets his cunning insight back. And indeed he does. Damn it. So as a bonus action, he's going to grant his cunning insight to Bounty Hunter 2 and Mercenary 3, who's just outside. And then he's going to attack Zinhorn with his first melee attack. And he has advantage. Well, that is a nat 20 anyway. Oh, for fuck's sake. So Zinhorn, you take 18 points of piercing damage from his plus two rapier. So it gets advantage for, because he's in hiding, but yeah. does the alert beat mean that I can't be surprised? Or that's only that... that's only you can't be surprised at the start of combat. Okay. So yeah, so he rolled he rolled his first dice. It was a nat twenty. So you take. And other other creatures don't gain advantage on attack rolls again as a result of being unseen by you. Ah, yeah. Well, he's going to um, well he's still going to use his insight because he doesn't know that. Um, but you take eighteen points of damage from is plus two rapier plus an additional plus an additional 30 points of poison damage do a con save no you don't with the mastermind it just automatically happens plus his sneak attack goes off and you take an additional 25 points of damage Then Bounty Hunter 2 makes an attack on Zinhorn. Normally he'd have advantage, but he doesn't, so it's just normal. He attacks you with his hunting bolus, that is a 16. Your shield swerves in front of you and deflects the hunting bolus. Then Mercenary 3 bursts into the room, runs up to Zinhorn, and attacks with his sword. So he attacks with his spear twice. That is a 13 and a 13, so your shield blocks both of those. Then for his third, he's going to attempt to make a shield bash. That is a 22. Okay, so you take 8 points of bludgeoning damage and you must make a strength save. Strength save. That is a 19 plus 3. 19. So he rams into you with his shield, knocking you off your feet, but you've managed to straighten yourself up. You're not knocked prone. Okay. Mage number one casts... Uh, let's see. Mage number one casts sleep on the wolves, putting them all to sleep. Then mage number two, seeing Bulb standing outside, Casts uh, a fifth-level magic missile. So that is lovely. Eight d four plus eight. I want to say I want to say counterspell, but I know they both have counterspell active. So the magic <laughs> missiles fly out into the street, buffeting Bolt for thirty-three points of damage. That's exactly my temporary hit points. Bounty Hunter 1 is going to make attacks on Sir Lucian. Sir Lucian is restrained, so he goes with advantage. His first, he does not hit. And his second, he hits with a 25. Deals 10 points of damage to Sir Lucian. Mercenary 2 runs up to Bolb, 
going to make his attacks. His first spear attack is a 12, your shield blocks it. The second is a 26, so it hits. And you take 10 points of piercing damage. Then for his third attack, he's going to make a shield bash, charging out with his shield. That is a 14, your shield flies in front of you and slams into his shield. Mercenary 1 charges towards Bulb, goes in for the same two attacks, and you are now flanked. <laughs> the first one is blocked by your shield, the second one is a 21, does that hit? Yeah, that hits, yep. So you take 9 points of piercing damage, and then he charges in for a shield bash with advantage, rolls 15 both times, and your shield intercepts, knocking him off his feet. Okay, it is Zinhorn's turn. Alright, so... I've got an idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast... It, Maelstrom in the room. Yep. Oh god. I almost put the fire out. And then I'm going to wild shape into a water elemental. Ah, lovely. Oh my god. So I must point out that I did intend for you to take on all these enemies, like, in small groups, to move from room to room, not all at once. So. I fucked up. We've all got different rooms to take on our own challenge. Yeah. You know what? In my defense, at least we have Revivify now, yes. so... I do have a question, though, but I'll wait till my turn, because I'm sure I'll get in trouble if I ask out yep. loud. Mm. Alright, so, so yeah. let's see have this casting moment. Maelstrom. So and then instantly going water elemental to be invisible in the Maelstrom. Yep. So water bursts from your body, instantly douses the fire and begins to pour out into the streets. And you dive into the water. You are invisible. That is your turn done. This area of this room is now flooded, making it difficult to rain. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn. And Sir Lucian is going to attack the bounty hunter in front of him, letting loose with three blows once again. He's still restrained. And unfortunately, because he's restrained, all three of those blows miss. Couldn't he try to get himself out, though, or...? Yeah, he's now going to use a bonus action. He's now going to uh, use a bonus action to try to break out. So what does he need to get out? He needs a DC 15 strength check. 11. He's unable to break out of the hunting bolus, and you just hear the bounty hunter laugh. <laughs> that great Sir Lucian is feeble before yeah. me! Um, there's still the 8 foot tall flesh golem sitting right next to him, but don't worry about that guy. The bone Have golem in the basement continues pounding at the cellar door. Banging and banging and it's still unable to get through. And you can hear it roaring. <laughs> it, is now, it is now Bobbit's turn. Now... How does Revivify work if a soul's been used to be animated? If the soul's uh, been if, used... If, if, for example, someone were to cast Animate Dead, could they still be brought back, or is that just not a thing? Uh, yeah, 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 that's the way to um, prolong it. 
Yeah, you can animate dead uh, and then revivify after. Yes, you can do that. Ah. Hmm. Does that include even if they come back as those lovely exploding zombies? I'm guessing that's well, different. Well, no, because that will destroy their bodies if they explode. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> we didn't resurrect you thinking of animating some dead commoners. I mean... We're kind of outnumbered here, and I thought the numbers would might have helped, but... Eh. You could resurrect them as normal zombies that don't explode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll get a lot yeah. of them, at the very least. True, true. Uh, I might hold off on that one for half a second. In the meantime, right. though, I'm going to pop a Grady... I will pop a Grady healing potion, though, because yep. they really... Uh, what is greater was 2d4 plus 4? Yes, greater is 2d4 plus 4. It's 4, 2, so what's that? 4, 2 is 8, mm. it's 12, whoop-de-doo. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm back to half my health, so that's lovely. Yep. And I will take my action to... Hmm. Oh, how's, how's, how's Bulb doing with the mercenaries? In need of help? Oh, I have a minutes. plan. Okay, so the wolves are dead, correct? The wolves are yeah, the wolves are dead because I put up grass. Okay, okay. well, yeah. in that case... Bulb's going to activate her Grim Scythe and basically point to Mage 1 and start jogging over to him. Yep. So that's going to be 30 feet to get here. And that's it. You end your turn here on the edge of the map. Yeah, well, unless I decide to start ramming corpses. Unless you want to dash, or unless you want to dash to mage one. Because uh, that takes an action to dash. No, because the spell takes an action to use, so... But, oh yeah, well, either way it's not going to really... Either next turn you'll just close yeah. the distance, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it is now Bulb's turn. Okay, so if I was to go here... Yep. As far as I'm aware, would any of the mages be able to see me? No, the mages cannot see you. However, you will okay, get an attack. Okay, so I'm going to take an I'll take the one attack of opportunity. Yep, yep. the mercenary oh, one swings at you as you jump backwards out of his range. And he rolled a 15. Your, your shield swerves in between him and you and deflects the blow. Okay, well, as far as I know, no mages can see me. But I'm still going to use my last metamagic option. Yep to make sure that I don't say anything or have to use my hands. And I'm going to cast Polymorph on myself. Ooh, what are you going to Polymorph into? A Mosasaurus. Oh, nice. Mosasaurus. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Um, I'll let you find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this but is, this I will put my temporary hit points to 233. Yeah, you will. Oh, yeah, we're making one hell of... We're making a terrible mess of this, and I love it. Oh, yeah, we are. There's <laughs> no debating this. The screen is... putting fires out at the moment. The screen is pretty much deserted by this point. Yeah, like, we've got, like, this building's left. on fire. The, the one across the road has collapsed, but even though the street's pretty much empty, as a giant Mosasaurus appears in the middle of the street, the few people that are left just go... Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bob again, it's just... And I like, wait, no, Thermotergy, I haven't turned that off. I probably should do that at some point. But yeah, here that's just... 
We have really screwed this up. This is going <laughs> spectacularly bad. <laughs> so fun now, day. now I am a gargantuan dinosaur. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. good. Mercer's <laughs> like, Actually, we, we, still, we still God got this. Yeah, yeah, just the two Mercer's standing there going, we still got this, right? <laughs> right. Unfortunately, I don't have any turns left. Yep. But okay. It I'm ready. It <laughs> is the enemy's turn. So mage number two sees Bobbit running up through the window and is going to cast Ice Storm. Uh. 20 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder. So, Bobbit, I would like you to please make a deck save. Is 19 plus 3, so 22. Yep, so you take 5 points of bludgeoning damage and 15 points of cold damage as Uh. big shards of ice rain down upon you, saturating the area around you and turning it into difficult terrain. Okay, going to need you to stop doing that now. (laughs) Then, mage number one steps out through the front door, looks right at Bobbit, and casts Lightning Bolt. Please make a deck save, Bobbit. (laughs) I realize I brought almost all of this on myself. That doesn't mean I have to withdraw. Doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I'm sorry, but just the fact that there's a fucking there's an armored tank at the back with a flesh goal. There's now a fucking giant dinosaur. Hey, there's one elemental hiding in a fucking maelstrom. Yeah, and you keep beating up the one snake person on your front lawn who's getting exceedingly pissed off. Neither of them set the building alight. That's a 17 to, to dodge. 17, so yep, you do dodge it, but you take half of the damage. So that <laughs> 15 points of lightning damage. <laughs> Mercenaries 1 and 2 are going to make attacks against Mosasaurus Pole. Yeah. So that Just... is... Uh, 19, 18, and 13 uh, from the first one. My armor class is 13, so I get hit by all of those. So he's using his spear with two hands, so you take, uh, 34 points of damage. Then the second mercenary goes in using his spear with two hands, gets a 26, a 14, and a nat 20. (laughs) Okay. So that is... Uh, 45 points of damage. Uh, math. Um. Okay. Yep. Out in the back, Bounty Hunter 1 takes attacks. Uh, takes an attack with advantage against Sir Lucian, who's still restrained. And. Uh, it looks like he still misses, because even though Sir Lucian's restrained, he cannot pierce Sir Lucian's armor. Uh. <laughs> Upstairs, the mastermind, the bounty hunter, and the mercenary can't actually see Elemental Zinhorn, 
to the master as well. All need to make strength saves. Yes, they all are uh, going to make strength saves. I will be right back. Uh, if anything happens to me, just let me know. Mastermind failed. They all failed. All yeah. Right, so they all take 66 of damage. Yep, so go Good. ahead and roll. Yep. Oh. Uh, is 6 and 6 is 12, and 5 is 17, and 5 is 22, and 3 is 25, and 2 is 27 points of bludgeoning damage. So Mercenary 3 is swept away by the Dalyus. Ah! As he goes down, and Bounce yeah, Hunts. They're still out there, pulled uh, 10 feet to the wards of the bed. Yep, towards the, the bed. And Mastermind is flung onto the bed, takes 6 points of bludgeoning damage. And because they can't see you, they're both going to attempt to hide as a cunning action. So the Mastermind will go first. And he got 31 on his stealth. So he successfully hides. Bounty Hunter 2 is going to attempt to hide. And he gets a 20 on his stealth. Go ahead and roll a perception check, please, in Horn. That is a 15 plus 9. Yep, so you do see Bounty Hunter 2. He's unable to hide from you. Okay, it is now Zinhorn's turn. So, Zinhorn is going to, in his water elemental form, uh, basically just come up as a giant wave behind Bounty Hunter 2, because yep. that's all he can see. Uh, do the whelm, so basically surround him and then drag him underneath the water. Yep, so he's going to make his strength check. That is a three. <laughs> Oh yes, he's now held within, if you will. Uh, takes 2d8 plus 4 damage. Yep, so go ahead and roll that. 11 plus 4 is 15. 15. And he, you force your water down his throat, he gurgles and falls limp. He's dead. Just spit him out the side and go back under the water then. Yep, <laughs> go invisible once again. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn. So, Sir Lucian, you are restrained by the bolus. Would you like to try to break out? Oh, restrained. Okay. So uh... you need to make a athletics check. It has to be 15 for you to get out. And by the way, sealing the cellar door did well. The last three rounds. Ah, uh, there's been something trying to beat its way through the door, but it can't get out. <laughs> oh, okay. Can I try and use a, a strength check to sort of frame myself in entanglement? Yep, go ahead. Roll an athletics check for me. That was going to be athletics one. Um, that is a 16. 16. You break free of the bounty hunter's bowlers. Flinging it to the ground, he raises his sword, ready to fight you. You've done a good job at basically taking out whoever's come to this back door, so go ahead, attack the bounty hunter if you like. Yes, please. Uh, okay, special attack. That is... <laughs> that is a 30. Yep, that's a hit. 
Go ahead, roll your damage. Uh, D8, I believe. D8. Yep, D8 plus 8. Uh, that is 10 points of damage there. Lovely. Next attack. Uh, that is an unnatural 20. That's a hit. Damage again. D8 plus 8. Uh, that is 15 points there. Ooh, lovely. And next attack. Did I already use an action already to free myself from the bombs? Well, you still get three attacks. Well, that was a bonus oh. action to break out. Oh, uh, uh, that is 23. Roll to hit. That's 10 points of damage there. 10 points of damage. Would you like to expend a superiority dice to throw a precision attack in there for more damage? Yeah, that's another D10, isn't it? Yep. Oh, that's another nine points of damage. Another there. nine points of damage, and that's what finishes him off. Ah, he goes down as you run him clean through. It is Bobbit's turn. <laughs> Bobbit is very angrily swinging her now scythe on the front lawn, just going, This is supposed to be a vacation. This is supposed to be time off. Why is it all the same? Why is it the second I get involved in anything, all there is is fire, ice, pain, 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 nuts to this noise, and cast Fast Step on herself, which is a lovely, <laughs> her fifth level spell, which she's been, haven't been able to use because simply teleporting inside the tomb is just not a thing. So Fast Step is you teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space you can see on each of your turn before the spell ends, you can do a bonus action to teleport in this way again. Ooh, so nice. she's going to teleport herself directly behind mage number two. Yeah. <laughs> right into the middle of the house. <laughs> you can feel the heat, even though the house is no longer uh, on do fire. Not, do not care. Just has the scythe and just goes, you first, sweetheart, and just swings at him. Go ahead, roll to hit. And that is going to be a 30 to hit. 30, yeah, so that's not 20, hits. but it's close. That definitely hits. Yeah. I get the D10 because I have my necrotic thing, and for once, this is someone that's not going to magically resist necrotic in any fucking way, so we get to actually do this properly. Okay, so that's seven, so that's going to be 16 points of necrotic damage. I would laugh so hard if you had a spell that was like Absorb Elements, but for necrotic and radiant. I'm so glad Absorb yeah, Elements doesn't, doesn't work do like that. that. I, I would laugh so hard if you suddenly pulled that shit. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, so that's going to be 17 points of necrotic damage and nice. as, after they hit. But I was just going, if anyone that can hear me, and I know everyone can, if anyone would like to heal me, that would be lovely right now. Having a bad time, not happy. As if also, Keeper... As mm -hmm. if in response, you hear Keeper roaring as he shuffles into the house. 5, 10, 15, 15 20. 20. He'll get there next yeah. round. <laughs> if he either comes to me, or he can go play with Mage 1. I want Mage 1 to turn around and go, Oh no, my friend's in trouble. What the hell is that thing in the goddamn hallway? <laughs> it is Bulb's turn. Bulby, 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 Bulby boy is going to bite one of them, one of the mercenaries. Yep. And tail the other one. Yep, so go ahead, roll to hit them. Okay, so the first one. That is an 18. 18, that is a hit. Okay, so 60, 12 plus 8. Because that was a bite. Uh, 61 damage. 61 damage, ooh, okay. And are you going to tail the other one or are you going to tail the same one? 
I cannot attack the same person. Yep, that's uh, right. Hold on, uh, this guy needs to make... He does, doesn't he? A... So... He's just immediately grappled. Yeah, he's just grappled in your mouth, that's right. Yeah, so he can make an escape attempt on his turn. Yep, so you just swallow uh, Mercenary 2 up into your mouth. He's just screaming. Yep. And then I'm going to tail attack the other Mercenary. Go ahead. Which is another plus 12 to hit. So that means 21. 21, yep, he can't block that. 3d12, uh, 26 damage with the tail. Ooh, you send him flying. Ah, he lands as a crumpled heap on the ground. Okay, it is the enemy's turn. So the master. Oh, I killed someone. Awesome. Yeah, you did. So the mastermind, while still hiding, sneaks downstairs. Uh, he's in the maelstrom. Yeah, he's still in the maelstrom. He's he? still in the maelstrom. So yeah, he's going to make a strength save. Um. Well, actually, no, he's not, because he hit last turn and then he exited the room, so he's not. But he's still in the maelstrom when he hit. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh yeah, but then after he hit, he then moved out of the room and ended his turn outside the maelstrom. Oh uh, right. And now he's moved the rest of the way to his destination. He pops up in front of Bobbit. Uh, in good uh, rain as well. Yeah, he he had just enough movement to get out of the room, and then thirty feet was just enough to get to Bobbit. Otherwise, if if he was exactly one tile higher than he was, he wouldn't have been able to get to Bobbit this turn. But of course, he's going to attack with advantage with his plus two rapier. Uh. So that is a 24 and a 23, so that hits you. Uh-huh. You take 14 points of piercing damage, plus... Oh, you're immune to poison, so nothing. So yep. just the, uh... Just so, the, yeah. Just the 14 points of piercing damage, plus his that, sneak that, attack. That heal... Oh, uh, well, never mind then. Yeah, plus the sneak attack of 26 yeah. damage. Yeah, don't worry about that, that's me down. Oh, okay, make a death save. Once again, I, I got my scythe going finally, and then immediately lose it again. Uh, that's a nat 20. Okay, so two death saves hey, cool. passed. And because of my Among the Dead, I said I'm Defied Death, yeah. I immediately get health back for saving on a um, yeah, so you're back death up. row. So yeah, but back. I lost my thing, and now I'm you, just really annoyed. You could do it again. Um, yeah, but that takes an action, that's my turn gone. <laughs> And then he's going to roll <sighs> to recharge his cunning insight and fails. <laughs> so imagine he like strikes me down, goes hooray, and then like the Undertaker just sits straight back up and looks at him. So mage Good. number one is going to cast a fifth level magic missile at the Mosasaurus in front of him. That is 29 points of force damage. Mage number two turns towards Bobbit and is going to just cast Firebolt. So he's going to roll to hit. That is an 11. Oh. Despite being directly yeah. oh. in front of you, he misses with his Firebolt. Oh no, no. Oh. just imagine he goes to do it and just Bobbit just stretches out the uh, mechanical hand, just puts it over his head and goes, no, no, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> you just absorb it. Just, just shh. No. Um, did you say Mage 1 attacked me or someone else? Sorry. Yeah, you, you. That uh, was 22? Yep. 
Okay, cool. Mercenary 2 is going to attempt to uh, break free. It's a DC 18. Well, he rolled an 8, so he's unable to break free. <laughs> so instead, he just pulls his rapier and just starts stabbing your tongue underneath him. That is a 19 to hit, and he deals 12 points of piercing damage. That's okay, I'll take that. It is Zinhorn's turn. This is gonna be fun. Yay. Well, since Zinhorn can't see anyone up here, I'm sure there's people having fun downstairs. He's gonna kill. Kill. So, <laughs> the fact that I, I've got a swim speed of 90 and a normal speed of 30 as a water elemental. Yep. And Yikes. The, I'm in the Maelstrom, which has a 30 foot radius, so I can pretty much get I don't know how the conversion works or whatever, but can I make my way down the stairs to them? You can! You just slide downstairs using your swim speed. This deposits you here at the base of the stairs. You're no longer in the water and you have to use your normal movement. Okay, so I'm going to roll to see if I get my well map. Which, that's a six, so yeah, I do. So I'm now going to go and consume the Mastermind. Mastermind, okay. He's going to roll his check. He's not very good at strength and he only rolled a nine. <laughs> uh, the Twelve points of bludgeoning damage. Yep, and he's sucked into your now space. Restrained and unable to breathe. Yep. Oh, well. It is Sir Lucian's turn. Uh, hello. Okay. Um. Can I? Oh, oh, can I just enter the building and go chase yep. after the mage one? Yep. So five. Oh, actually, Mastermind is currently engaged with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of waterlogged at the moment. His restraint can actually hit him with advantage from where you stand. If he falls, does the other two fall as well? They might. They might lose heart. He is their boss. Oh, yeah, let's just execute the uh, mastermind. He's restrained yep. within me. Yep, so you're going to go ahead, try to strike him. Oh, okay. What's his AC? His AC is 18. <laughs> that is definitely not a hit in the first one. All right, let's try again. Jerome. Oh, you gotta be shitting me. Uh, I failed the second one. But you get to roll each one twice because you've got advantage with his restraint. Wait, 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 what? Okay, that was the first one done. Uh, okay. So now you're up the second one. And that 20 on Ooh. the second one? Uh, watch oh, him come right. in and steal the kill on this one yeah. as well. Go ahead, roll your damage and double it. Doesn't count. I, I, I get the kill, he's within me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, that is 8 plus 8, 16, 32. 32. Okay, and you still get another attack. Alright, that is 26. That's, That's a hit. Fast. Go ahead, roll your damage. And another 16 points on top of that. Ooh, so, nice. So, 48 yeah, points? 48 points of damage. Very good. Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. On one hand, I really want to beat up the Mastermind, but Mage 2 has been really shitting me today. 
Deeper, let's see. One, two, three. Uh, you can get to in between Mastermind and the Mage. I'm just going to assume everyone else is... Actually, I'll send um, Keeper after Mage 1, since Mastermind's clearly being taken care of. Yep. So I'll do that with his turn. He can go stomp that, and I'll just look at Mage 2 and just go... You know, this could have gone so much smoother. Really, really would have appreciated if you just, you know, laid down and died, but I suppose this will have to do instead. And basically just take my hand, poke him in the forehead with it, and then use, um, Inflict Wounds. <laughs> okay, and how much how much damage do you inflict? Well, I gotta, I gotta hit I gotta hit him first. Yeah, you gotta hit him. Melee spell. Uh, that's sixteen plus seven. Oh yeah, no, that definitely is going to hit the yep, mage. So even with his shield, All right. still hit him. Yeah, no, fuck the shield. Just casually, just grind my hand through the shield and go. No, no, no. Just let this happen. Uh, let's see. Inflict wounds is where I have you somewhere. Where are you? Cute. Your wounds, inflict wounds. There it is. Uh, it's a first level. First level is three d ten, so that's going to be seven d ten with necrotic damage. <laughs> Ow! Since it's at fifth level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. I, I realize I probably could use this on Mastermind, but again, he seems to be doing just fine in there. Seven d ten. And yeah, that's gonna be forty-three points of necrotic damage applied directly yep. to the forehead. Mage is down; just falls to the floor, lifeless, unblemished. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just a blood splatter across the entire freaking wall now. This keeper's turn. Keeper <sighs> groans. Five, ten, fifteen. Yeah, I'll get to Mage One. Mage yeah. One hears footsteps behind him, and he turns around. And you just hear him jump and go, ah! It's just the Keeper. medieval version of goddamn Nemesis. Yeah, as Keeper's just standing, he opens his mouth and goes, raises his hands, and goes in for a slam attack, and that is a nat 20. Oh, and he good. Deals 46 points of damage and just pounds Mage 1 into a bloody paste. Ha! Huh. I feel better now. Hooray! <laughs> okay, it is Zin it is Bulb's turn. Uh, Bulb's just gonna make a bite attack. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> Roll with oh, advantage. Mercenary 2. Mercenary 2 never deserved this. Oh, uh, that is a 24. That's Dear a hit. God. Let me just roll that bite damage. So that is 42 bite damage. Crunch! You crunch Mercenary's armor under your teeth and then swallow him. Yep, uh, I'm guessing he's dead. He's dead, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, dead, dead. Uh, he didn't get to take the acid damage. Oh, well. I I think that's the least of his problems right uh, now. You're going to go see if you could tail the masterminds? Just like uh, that, what's left of the first floor? Tail will probably take out Keeper and Zinhorn Zin at the well. same time. But they've probably, they've probably got enough. Well, Keeper doesn't. Keeper's got like less than 20 Keep HP left. Cool! Me and Keeper are twinsies. <laughs> um, can I just stick my head through the crumbling <laughs> roof of level one to look into the southern room? Yep. Thump, thump, thump. You stick your head in and peer into a lounge room with what would have been only minutes ago a very comfortable fireplace. Except it's <laughs> except the flames have now taken over the room and are eating it to bits in front of you. Okay. I'm not getting any loot from this place because I basically nuked half of it. I apologize, people. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm just yep, you're going to step. Actually, I've got 10 feet reach, so I'm just going to stay there and just keep an eye out. Yep, it is the mastermind's turn. He's going to attempt to. First, he can't breathe, so he's going to make a con save. He passes, so he's holding his breath. He's now going to attempt to break free. He can't. That's a five. <laughs> I was so going to say, even if he did, where is he going to go at this point? Yeah. So instead, he's just going to attack with his plus two rapier twice to try and hit Zinhorn. The first is a 26. So Zinhorn, you take seven points of piercing damage plus five points of poison damage. And then on his second attack, that's a 22. So you take... elementals immune to poison. Ah, so you just take the seven points. So on the second one, you take 13 points of piercing damage. And that's it. His turn is done. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Where he starts off by taking the 8, which is 12 plus 4, is 16 points of bludgeoning damage. Yep. If there was another thing, I would be able to pull that unit as well, but if there isn't. So, just gonna go for a wander. Okay, we'll bother with this control in the moment. Just hit him with a slam attack. Yep. Yep, bring him with you. Close enough of it. Just go for a walk. Yep, dragging him with you. Can Add. I slam him me? Uh, do you have... You can slam him even though he's with you. Inside yeah. you. It doesn't say you can't. So you can hit him with a slam attack. Cool. <laughs> Alrighty then. You just see the water elemental's body start just bouncing up and down and just whacking him on the yeah. ground. <laughs> You're just shaking him. <laughs> thump, thump, thump. Just turn into a giant bubble and just bounce around. <laughs> uh, that is... The first one is a 17 plus 7. Yeah, that hits him. Deal the damage. Uh, another 2d8 plus 4 is 8 and 6 is 14 plus 4 is 18. 18. And then there is a 7 plus 7 is a 14. 14. Ooh, he's nearly down and it is Sir Lucian's turn. Ah, oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um... Yeah, we're just got to attack the Mastermind now, aren't we? Yep, go ahead, roll to hit him. Yeah. Charging uh, the that's a uh, 24 points. That's a hit. Yeah, that's a pass. Roll okay, the damage. Hitting on 13 points of damage. First hit. 13 points of damage. Yep, go in for your next one. Alright. Second one's 27. Definitely That's a hit. hit. Roll your damage. That's 16 points of damage there. And that's it. The Mastermind is down. You leap forwards. Stick your sword into the core of Zinhorn as the water elemental and pierce the mastermind's throat. He opens his mouth to say something. The words never come out. Combat is over. And I just spit him out in front of Bobbit. <laughs> you have only a few seconds to scramble up whatever loot is around you before the building collapses. I that is for nothing. <laughs> that is, the loot is what the mastermind has on his person, and that's it. As you rush out into the street just in time to see the building collapse 
to rubble behind you, filling the street with smoke and dust. The street. Well, there's a mouth drum on the top floor. Yeah, at least there was Ooh. that. The debris. As it collapses down, all the water. Yeah, just... as it collapses down, all the water tumbles down into the street, clearing away the dust, picking up the multitudes of dead bodies that lie floating in the street and carrying them away. Ah, uh, yeah. We're Can I, as the Mosasaurus, just like sift, like use my head to sift through, looking for like a safe or something? Yes, you may. And so you push your head through the debris, and then you see a metal safe floating in the water in what would have once been the cellar. Scattered around it are a hundred or more miscellaneous bones once the components of a bone golem collapsed in the building. Well, I, call, I know the rest of you guys, but I call dibs on the bones. Well, in that case, I'm going for the mastermind. You pick up the safe in your mouth and use your teeth to crush it. <laughs> Spit its contents out onto the street. Here is what you obtain. From the mastermind, a plus two rapier and plus two studded leather armor. Inside the safe is a large bag overflowing with gems and gold coins. Altogether, about 2,000 GP worth of wealth in the safe. Additionally, drenched, falling apart from the water is a thick, rolled-up piece of parchment. Who would like to take that and unfurl it? I'm going to press the digitator to dry it out, and if it's damaged in any way, cast mending on it to... Yep. Fix that all up. So you unfill the waterlogged parchment, cast precipitation to clear the water away, and then cast mending to restore it to readability. And as soon as the words once again appear on the page, you feel your mouth, you feel your mouth falling down in shock. It simply reads thus: the Emerald Enclave are starting to expand their influence in Port Nianzaru. Our hands are tied with the Xanathar Guild in Waterdeep right now. Your orders are to assassinate the leadership of the Emerald Enclave to avoid a repeat of the Waterdeep situation. Manchun. Does everyone else read this note? They could... No, only I mean... you... Only you I mean, I, mean, you know, I, figured, I figured everyone's surrounding me as I unfill yeah, that, well, so... Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah. So, yeah, everyone else sees the words on the parchment. Do they just see your mouth fall open with shock it, as you read the words? It's not even, it's not even like, shock. It's more just annoyance than anything else. But, yes, either way, it's definitely a noticeable reaction. <laughs> Plus, you know, the fact that none of them know the actual situation in Waterdeep, so yeah. take that... As you may, people. Unbeknownst to the rest of the party members, the Zentarum here were assembled in response to Bobbit's downtime activity, starting a gang war between the Zentarum and the Xanathar guilds. Oh my god, Bobbit! I was going to say, I was waiting for people to ask me about it before we got into that, but yeah, just pull that thread already. Jeez. <laughs> 
Does anyone want to ask about it? I mean, technically Dinosaur can't because he's still a freaking yeah. dinosaur, but everyone else sees the words Waterdeep situation. Yeah. Zinhorn, anyone? Sir Lucian, anyone want to comment on this Waterdeep situation that's mentioned in the note, knowing that that's where vomit has been for the last three months? Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, Sir Lucian knows better. Sir Lucian just, just shrugs and he says, Well, good riddance, I'm never setting foot in that accursed city again. I'm living it up here in Port Nianzaru and nothing will take me away from it. To hells with Waterdeep, I say. Sir Lucian just takes the note out of Bobbit's hand, tears it in two, and then tosses the pieces into the river of Maelstrom Water. Zinhorn, do you have anything to say? Well, as a water elemental, all he can do is just go over behind Bobbit and just... Slop some water down her shirt or something to express your disappointment. He doesn't actually know. He doesn't know <laughs> yeah, if she no, was he involved. Doesn't. He just knows there's a. I mean, you're feeling free to change back at any point and actually ask in person, you know. Technically, everything's done now. Just starts getting his hand and just puts it on the shoulder mm -hmm. and then slowly moves it closer to the head. Alright. <laughs> Zinhorn doesn't know that this is caused by Bobbin, but you have yeah. a strong feeling, <laughs> especially considering the look on her face. Bobbin's look just gives it away that Bobbin knows something. What? Look, and then we don't. The... Look, I'm not. I, I'm out of spell slots, so I don't exactly have you know tongues ready. So feel free to actually I... talk in common. Don't do primordial right over now. The head and starts going down around the head. <laughs> just, just, just pulls head out and goes, "What?" Then just picks it up and throws it to the mosasaur. <laughs> mosasaur makes a movement to catch her, <laughs> except it is too slow, and she just lands in a crumpled heap at the dinosaur's feet. Is there anyone else? I was going to say, can't elemental else? speak though. No, they um, only in the only in um only in my, their language. My language uh, is Aquin. Yeah, Aquin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's out of spell slot, so she can't exactly cast tongues at the moment. It's just lying there, going. And with yeah, that, just casually. Today. Oh, so you don't want Bobbit to try and get oh. this? Yeah. I was you gonna say Bobbit's so just like drenched, wet, just lying there, going. Is there anyone else? Just sort of rolls over, just looking to see if anyone else is around. Like, are there any? people like commoners left any commoners who were alive have fled the streets and are long gone okay let's go go okay so judging by the reaction you clearly know something even though we said nothing i'm not even going to try with the whole you know promise you won't get mad because we we're all smarter than that so the whole zentar and zenitha thing might have had a hand in it. Only a little. I drop Polymorph and stand in front of Bob in front of Bobbit. <laughs> Just to what have you done to the Emerald Enclave? Bobbit, we didn't do anything to the Emerald Enclave. Then just have Alessandra just clicks in going, she's actually telling the truth on that one. Nothing we did was to the Emerald Enclave. What did you do that has caused problems for the Emerald Enclave? Mm-hmm. 
So just gestures over to Keeper and just sort of motions for him to take the uh, skull off his head. She looks and goes, Okay, well, we're going to get in trouble for this regardless, Bob, so we'll all take it from here. All right, top quiz. How does one make a, a flesh golem? Keeper just flexes his muscles and groans. Mm. Yeah, it just like this, takes the scarf to reveal the point where his like it, face is. Mm. But at this point, Bob, you notice stitched into one of Keeper's patches of skin just beneath his right bicep, you see two tattoos faded. One, a tattoo of a winged serpent. The other, a tattoo of a beholder. You didn't go and wipe out gangs, did you? You make it sound like we simply went out and made made noise for no reason in our name. No. What we did was simply more or less wipe out several gangs and then blame one on the other. Every Zentaran was blamed on Xanathars, every Xanathars was blamed on Zentaran. Several weeks' worth of, of work went into this. None of this should have been tied back to the Emerald Enclave, though it seems they're merely desperate for power and we got dragged into it because, of course, we got dragged into it. <laughs> that is how this seems to work. No matter what we do, it always seems to come back to bite us. So the Emerald Enclave needs help at the moment. Because if they're not currently winning... Well... Because the Emerald Enclave is in no way involved yeah. in this. The Emerald Enclave are, are fighting Xanathar, Xanathar is fighting the Zentaran. Zentaran here only attacked you because you're a new power movement and they see that the sign of possibly losing what little grip they have. This is yeah. an act of desperation, which means, and I need you all to stick with me on this one, it means our plan is actually working, though we didn't expect this much of a hostile reaction, though I suppose it was inevitable in Just many different so ways. scoff and say, plan? <laughs> I never ascribe to such plan. And he just walks, starts trudging away. That's down why the you weren't involved in it. He just starts trudging away down the waterlock street and he says, where did that squire get to? Oh, I hope yes. he's got me. I hope he's got my spot ready. And no bloody bananas. You weren't well, supposed to be involved, that, and you weren't supposed to find out about it because we were expecting hearing that the enclave is not actually involved loses all interest. Yep. <sighs> Just smiles. Well, it's good to have Bobbit back. <laughs> oh no, this isn't Bob. This is Alessandro. Bobbit's yeah. still. Having issues with the idea of even talking to Bob at the moment, going. Eh. So it just tilts the head back over at Zinhorn, who's still obviously in the wolf. I'm going. Does this provide an adequate explanation to everything? Zinhorn just points up towards the building. <laughs> well, okay, look. That was more. Look, we've been very quiet and stealthy about this. We saw a moment to put a more active handle on the situation. And let's be honest, no one here likes the Zentaran. Did we think people were going to get dragged into it? No. Did we want people to get dragged into it? I personally am not fussed either way. Bobbit does feel slightly bad about it. Not as bad as sort of gestures quietly over towards Bob. Like, but 
We know that revivification is still a thing, so it's not too late to still help these people. Does anyone Keeper, have please put the diamonds for all these people? Well, I was kind of hoping that the noise and fire and everything else would attract other people to the scene, you know, like guards, anything else. Yeah, for that as matter. you say this, guard, armed guards <clears throat> do start to probe the edges of the street and people start to poke their heads. Yeah, as, as people start turning up, Bobbit immediately puts the skull back on Keeper's head to keep him covered, because obviously that's just not something you want in broad daylight. And Warlord just goes around and helps put out any fire that's remaining from the two buildings. Yep. So, yes, it wasn't exactly the cleanest way, but you know what? Both sides walked away from that Dragon Horde incident perfectly scot-free. Some of them even managed to benefit from it. If there's one thing I'm getting sick of seeing, it's evil simply existing for their own sake. Evil for the sake of evil and not getting punished for it just seems like such a waste. It'd be nice if we weren't constantly on the receiving end of the comeuppance, but it is what and it is. And as the guards begin to close in, trudging through the water, as the shell-shocked people begin to gather, staring at Zinhorn dousing the flames, as other guards begin to fish the waterlogged corpses out from the impromptu river running through the street, the session comes to a close. Sinhorn, use water gun. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucian gives a speech later that night at the dinosaur races, stating that himself and his entourage came under attack by the Zentarum, but not to worry. He and his faithful companions sprung into action and rid Port Nianzaru of this terrible threat, neglecting to mention that it was Bobbin who set the entire series of events into motion. The total number of casualties mm. amounts to 12 commoners. Unfortunately, mm. by the time they have fished out of the water, 10 minutes have passed and none yeah. of them are resurrected. Of course. Great, more guilt. Thus concludes our special session, our downtime between two arcs of the campaign. Next session, we will begin the first episode of our final arc, The Lost City of Mesro, as there is still that guest at Wakunga's Manor you must desperately speak to. What tidings does he bring, and what terrible evil is at play that you'll soon be forced to confront? Bobbit, I'd like you to change your alignment from lawful evil to neutral evil, please. Fair cup, fair cup. Sick of evil got getting doing evil things and getting away with it. <laughs> oh, what a thank I mean, I mean, I'm to live by. myself. <laughs> not including herself, clearly. I want to thank Archangel K for joining us, and I want to thank 10033113 and Malchuck, Malchucker Maps for the follow. We hope you enjoyed this ex extremely long but fun session. We'll be back to our normal, right. normal length of time for our next session. But we had a lot to cover in this one. We had some good fun. I hope you did too. <laughs> um, we'll actually be back tomorrow for more D&D. Because we don't have D&D next week. Everyone will be unavailable on Thursday. Next week we only have Vampire the Masquerade. 
So to make up for it, we swapped Vampire, which was meant to take place tomorrow, to next week, so that we would have something, and we'll be taking the D&D that we're not having next week, and putting it in tomorrow's slot. So, those of you who are keen to see what happens to Roger and Barry and the rest of the Coterie, we hope you don't mind waiting another week, but Vampire the Chicago Chronicles will be back next week. Tomorrow, we'll get to see the start of the final arc of our D&D campaign. Until then, don't start gang wars, because you'll probably get someone else blamed for them. Goodbye, mm. everyone. <laughs>